This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Celtic Rulers TV, the Balls and Bob podcast with your host Mark and myself, Paul. Barry Iceman from the forum again. For anyone who's just joined us and any new listeners... Uh, our phone up to the podcast is celticrooms.co.uk where all Celtic supporters discuss all teams Celtic. Match reaction is the team today of today's show between Yalbach and Celtic in the Europa League qualifier in which Celtic won 4-2. Uh, Abida, Fogohashi, Forrester, Christie, the goals goes for Celtic. Firstly though, before we get on to the show, Mark, we'll just do a few shout-outs. Mark? Well, I hadn't slept anything for that, Paul, but uh, just the usual shout-outs to the lads, uh, Tim Alloy, Malika, uh, Glasgow Green, uh, Young Ben, oh, if I go anybody there, I apologise, I didn't... Glasgow Green. Glasgow Green, aye. I, I thought we were just going to talk about the game. Shout-out. Shout-out, shout-outs. <laughs> You usually send me a schedule out. I know. I mean, we talk yeah. about the game. Well, we get straight to it. Very welcome to join us again for the, the match reaction. It's a win. It's a much needed win for Celtic. Uh, we, we take it, but it wasn't as plain thing, plain as we thought it would be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's right. First and foremost, Paul, you know, it's a, a win's a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these, these games can never be straightforward. You know, they're, they're never easy games, you know. I didn't know too much about that team beforehand, if I'm honest, but, you know, I was kind of anticipating it would be a, a tough game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to finish third in the Czech League behind the two Prague teams, you know, there weren't any mugs. However, after seeing them, I, you know, I wasn't overly impressed, to be perfectly honest. I thought they were sort of big physical type side. That's it, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they got stuck in. But, you know, I thought we started the game pretty well. We moved the ball pretty quickly and started to create chances early on. And, you know, got the two in the league, but uh, you know the, the Achilles heel of Celtics. You know, time and time again, they're just so vulnerable at the back. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it seems to be that we're so easy to play against, so easy to open up. Um, but like, listen, like a four-two victory, that that should certainly be enough to see us through into the next round. Uh, so, like you say, we'll take it as a positive. It's a big Andrew's first win, and it's hopefully something we can build on. Mm-hmm. Mark, I'm just looking at the, the stats that came out. So Celtic had 17 shots to Yalbaric's 15. On target, we had 8, they had 5. Possession, uh, we had 66%. Uh, they only had 33. Passes, we created 621. They created only 313. We had an 85% pass rate. So we can see the change that Andrew's bringing. Like if, if our passing accuracy... It's getting better. You can see it trying to do, Paul, but it was just mm-hmm. silly mistakes again. Mm-hmm. It really was. It was two silly mistakes again that cost us two goals. 
And are they saw there as well? Go on, Mark, sorry. Just go on, just we know that the defence isn't good enough, so we've got to allow for that due for this result kind of thing, but we know that he's got to change we've got to bring in new defenders and they're gonna to have to be a lot a big improvement in them, so again it's kinda of, the new were kinda of expecting these type of mistakes for Celtic. Was anybody really surprised? That they scored, well, I was surprised they scored two, but was anybody really surprised that they'd get at least one? Mm. When the team's been playing. Exactly. Like, I was seeing some people there, but when we were on the live chat there on the forum, some people were blaming, 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 blaming Hart for the second goal, but you can't really blame Hart if you don't have the players who are pushing up and are not able to get back. Starfield, for me, went to the to, ground to too easily and gave the striker time to turn the ball and have his shot and goal. Yeah, I mean, it comes before that for me, Paul. You know, it's just look at both goals. It was one pass that goes exactly right, opened like, it. Open, so yeah, the first one, just one pass through the middle of a gaping gap between Beaton and Starfield, and yeah. the second one was just a through. But I mean, it is just so very basic. But that's what uh, happens as well, by when you play uh, a midfielder in the back line that he's not able to read the ball either. Yeah. And that's been the case for a, a long time. You know, I've never been Beaton's biggest fan, but I certainly wouldn't have him as the centre-half. Uh, you know, I, I think Welsh can probably find himself a wee bit hard done by it. I don't mm-hmm. think he's done too much to, uh, you know, to, to merit losing his place. But also, you know, Beaton was massively at fault for the result at Mitchelland. You know, the home result, exactly. I think that would have been one relatively comfortably had he stayed on the park. But, um, you know, I think as well, when our defence is as vulnerable as it is, you know, I don't think they get very much protection either. I think what, what you like to say when we're all very well aware that the frail is in the back four. Um, so as a result, I think we should be looking to protect them. We should be looking to limit, you know, the teams uh, breaking on us. But for me, it's just far too easy. Like I say, two through balls has resulted in two goals. And like for me, they were a poor team. Uh, you know, I, I didn't like I say I didn't know too much about them beforehand. Watching them tonight, I don't think they're a great side at all. Especially uh, Barry, when they had no pace and as you said there, like they opened us up so easily and they had no pace in their team. Like you know what I mean? That they opened yeah. and like Celtic are a faster team than last season. But it was so easy, like you said, like two passes and and they were like and Ange really needs to protect like so I I know McCarthy's not going to be available again for the second like here but does McCarthy fill into that role, maybe to, to protect defence when he comes in? Well, I would say that's one of his strengths, isn't it? McCarthy is mm-hmm. very much a, your sort of defensive midfielder. He'll probably slot into the Scott Brown role within the team. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's the same player as Scott Brown, but you know he's certainly a defensive midfielder. He's good at breaking up play, good at getting the ball back, wins his tackles and a, a physical uh, element in there. So I think he will certainly slot in there. Um, at whose expense I don't know it might be Soros I would imagine uh, I think McCarthy for me McCarthy is a bit of an upgrade on Soros so I think yeah with that. I was looking uh, and I was saying to Mark um, off off air and stuff like that like that Soros seems too rash with his tackles he, 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 he's, he's missing tackles that he should be getting he's giving away too many free kicks uh, a lot he's, he's losing the ball too high up the field as well and then he's cut up position then as well Barry you know? Yeah, I, I, you know what, I agree with that, Paul, especially with uh, regards to giving away the free kicks. You know, when we're as sort of poor and vulnerable exactly. at set pieces, you really can't afford to be giving away the free kicks that Soros gives away. That's going back to protecting your, your defence. You don't give well, away that, the things, yeah, That's kind of the point I, I, I was wanting to make. You know, the, when our 
defences is vulnerable. What you've got to do is you've got to protect them. You've got to limit the team's uh, chances and you know the team's opportunities to break onto them. Uh, but like I say, uh, when they weren't a great side, so so to lose two goals against them was disappointing. However, like I say, it's, games in Europe are never easy. No, especially this season, so, exactly. You know, We've got to look on the positives today. Like I said, going away from home, scoring four goals, getting the victory, hopefully to see us in the next round, and it's something to build on. It's Big Ange's first victory, a competitive victory as a Celtic manager, so hopefully we can build on that. I'd imagine there'll be more signings coming in the door within the next seven days. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not for the next leg, obviously, because I think you have to be registered by now, but you know, there'll be more, another game on uh, Sunday against Dundee. But I thought uh, as well, another positive, I thought Kyogo, I thought his... Mm-hmm. You know, presence up front. It just shows you the difference when somebody's willing to work hard. And, and Roy, exactly. And, that was the next choice we were talking. You know, I was going to bring up there. Yeah, a, a player who who will make the effort for you up front. Yeah, you know? he, he was giving himself options. He was dropping into holes. He was finding space. You know, I think polar opposite to what we've had from Eddie for, for a long time now. You know, it's so difficult for a midfield to try and you know get up the park or break on a team when. The one person that they've got, the guy that they're trying to hit up front, he's not really interested and he's not giving them the options. But I thought Kyogo, for you know the time he was on, I was quite impressed with the way he sort of led the line and he took his goal fantastically well. It was a great goal uh, and a big difference. You think he's going to be Edwards' replacement, Barry? Uh, you know what, Mark? I would, I would like to think not, if I'm mm-hmm. honest. I think if Edward goes... Yeah, I think if Edward goes, we're going to need to bring someone in. However... I, I th- I'm guessing unless there's another winger comes in, you know, I know there was talk uh, Lovrich coming in, but however, if, if unless a winger comes in, I could see Kyogo being a striker this year. Mm-hmm. I really can, um, but I, I wouldn't like to think he would be the the replacement for Edward. Just for the simple, you want someone with physicality up there as well, Barry? Wouldn't that's you? exactly it. That's exactly. It. I would like, like somebody with a bit of presence up there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go out and spend a wee bit of money. We're hopefully going to get a decent fee for Edward, whatever that may be, in the next coming weeks uh, once he moves on, which hopefully he will do. Uh, but I would like, I would be looking to go out and actually sign a, not a like-for-like replacement, but certainly somebody else to come in as a, as a striker to replace Edward and have Kyogo up there as well as another option. Mark, I suppose that was the, the big question to line up uh, where we were doing the last few podcasts since the, the, the compression it gave start was the lack of effort that we saw from Edward and we were screaming for him to be dropped uh, and he dropped it uh, and you could see how, how fast our attack was actually without him you know it's Barry was saying there that he was, his movement he was chasing balls down chasing it, chasing men about the park and that and a, a totally different night and day performance to what we're used to for Edward mm-hmm mm-hmm you know, really, for, I mean, they go up for run out the other night, but for uh, somebody who had the debut and come in, and it looked, exactly. looked as if he'd been playing there for no years, but it looked, didn't it look as if it was his first game? He it was, just shows the class of the player back, don't it? Yeah, exactly. You could see you know. some of the wee passing and moving between the likes of him and McGregor and that, that even in a space of a week or so, they'll be working on that and training for them to be mm. that comfortable with doing that. Like in a competitive game, it'll only get better the longer the longer he's here to settle in. Do you know what I mean? He's good. It really showed up well the day, but the doctor shows Barry as well, like how how good player actually for for Hashi is like that. He was able to link up with Celtic players so fast. 
you know, and, and he understood the, the Celtic play. Now that could be down to he knew the way Ange plays, but it's still all new to him. These Celtic players and stuff like that. But you wouldn't think it's only his first full debut at Celtic today, do you? Wouldn't? No, absolutely. And obviously, from for his sort of Celtic, it's really early doors. You know, uh, he's literally just in the door. I think he only travelled up. You know, I don't. It's Friday or Saturday into the country. Uh, so he's he's only must have had you know three or four training sessions, but the the early signs are really good. Like Mark was saying there, you know the wee sort of one twos and the link up play with McGregor and Forrest, and you know uh, I, I think like as well, uh, we Abada looks like a right good player by the mm-hmm. way. You know I'm really impressed with that wee guy. And he's I didn't actually realise he was only 19 year old. I 19, had no idea. Yeah. I thought he was older. I thought he was about 23, 24, 19 year old. You know. Like I say, it's early doors for, for Ange and, and, you know, he's not got the personnel yet that, that he wants. You know, we're, we're well aware that over the next couple of there is going to be more players coming in the door. I, I think, think very... Sorry, go on. No, no, I was just going to say, I think once, you know, he's got all the players that he wants in and, and like I say, two or three probably going out, once he's got that transfer window closes, you know, the, the team are only going to grow and get better and better. So, But the early signs for, like I say, Abada and, uh, you know, Kyogo, you know, it's really good because it's like I said that they've only been in there a matter of days or and weeks on uh, Abada's uh, sense. But you know, the, the early signs are very positive, and it's going to be positive for the team. I think. I think we can we can see the the effect Ange is having on the team uh, on an on a, on attacking front. But as you said, like we can't see it at the moment because he doesn't have the right personnel in at the back line. But that that will come. But what we've seen of Ange so far on attack front it's pretty exciting and, and, and Celtic seem to be a very fast team we're not holding the ball we're not doing too many touches it seems to be one touch football and get the ball moving again you know yeah I mean I think I, I think more so tonight than Saturday I think mm-hmm. there's a big difference in, in the, the way that we played uh, from the Hearts game I thought I was kind of a bit of slow and laboured against Hearts and for for me Starfelt and Beaton were on the ball far too much on Saturday night mm-hmm. I think there was a big difference tonight I think you know they, they moved the ball quicker into the midfield into Sorrow into McGregor into these guys and let these guys go and play these are our ball players they're the guys that we need on the ball and I think like I say by half time, we could have scored four or five goals. Uh, and similar in the second half, I don't think we were as good in the second half. I think they pressed us a wee bit higher uh, in the second half. But again, the chances that we created uh, was, was was night and day from you know what we've been used to. And it's certainly a, definitely a, a fast attacking branch that I'm just wanting to play. Do you think, Mark, them pressing us, pressing us more higher in the second half, was their manager seeing that our defence was actually... Our weakest point in the team. I think he must have seen that because it, it was some change in, in them for the first half to the second. Well, mm-hmm. the second half, but they were. I mean, they don't they were getting in about us in the bus. Kind of getting us flustered again at times, weren't they? Starfield, I don't know. Starfield, see for that got this the second goal. I thought Starfield. He went down too early. He went down early. And that's not. Um, but it's like, well, yeah, he's playing with beat on a side of him. I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I don't know. Is Ange maybe trying to send the board a message? We playing Beaton saying, look, this is kind of my options. Mm-hmm. I, I really can't understand why he started again tonight. Because I was listening to John Hartson. That team wasn't any better than a Scottish Premier League team. So Welsh has proved himself against exactly. that. Welsh is merely capable of playing in there than he, as beside Starfield. And with Alston and even Taylor. Taylor... 
I, I mean, that backdrop trailer, the whole. He thing. looks out of his death, Mark, don't he? I don't know what's happened to him this, this life. And as you said, Mark. It's obvious that we need two new fullbacks. And as you said, Mark, like. All I've got to say is basically we started with one, well, a new first choice goalkeeper in his first game that only seen yesterday, and one centre half that's only been here a couple of days. That It's only. It's only Hart and Starfield that are going to be starters in that defensive unit Celtic move forward. Like one thing I did see from from Hart, now he didn't have much to do, and, and we have to give him that. Like he, he was that no fault for the goals. Uh, in my opinion, he came out to to narrow the angle. Starfield went down too early. The fella had an open shot, and the goal dinged it above Hart. Like so, I'm not going to put down Hart there for that. But one thing I did see from Hart is that he's vocal, Barry. He seems to be more vocal than Barkas and Ben God. Yeah, I think I think you know what you noticed at a corner in the first half he was barking out order. But mm. you know what? See, well, see when you've got a goalkeeper that's you know looking to organise and you know let people know where they should be and who need who they should be picking up and stuff like that. That makes a massive difference. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't I don't think that's really in the game. I, I certainly Ben, you know, and Barkas. I, I don't really think you know the vocal element. Is there for them, so that that'll make a big difference. But like Mark says, uh, that was Hart's first game, and he's, again another player's just in the door. But I wholeheartedly agree what you just said, Mark. I, I can only see Starfelt being the the only remaining uh, defender within that team. I, I don't think Ralston, Taylor, or a Beaton will be first choice picks. I think once we get players in the door, it'll be a completely new back four that we'll have. Because when I was listening to the match, be before the game and, and and the liner came out and I, I was listening to John Hart and like and the first thing he picked out and the first thing he said was why is Beat on play? You know, why is why isn't young Welch in there? As Mark said, like he's proven himself in the Scottish League. He's proven in the second like due to Beat on being sent off in the first like he did well against Meachland. He he done well when he came on against Hearts. Like why is he being dropped? Like you know, there seems to be no, and that's the only criticisms really I have of Ange's why he's constantly playing Beaton. Oh, I'd like to think that Ange's actually explained to the boy why he's dropped him. Either that, because if he's not took him to the side, and as I said at the time with Mitchell, and if he said, look, we've just gone with Beaton's experience in that, don't mm-hmm. worry, you'll still get plenty. But if it's no anything, if he's not said to the boy what he's done, it's like, well, why, why is he? Do you get what I mean? You've got to question. That, why Ange's doing this? Why he is consistently picking Beto and our Welsh? Mm-hmm. Because, like, as you said, like, why is he constantly like? If we can see it clearly, Mark, uh, and, and we saw for the last couple of seasons when we tried to play Beto in the back line, Celtic could concede goals with Beto in that back line. You I mean, know, we used to say that he was all right covering there now and again, but. He's proven our time that he actually isn't he. I mean, we didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, Beaton. He can play centre mid, the defensive mid, and he can cover at centre back. And he done no bad at a few games, but really, it's like a square peg in a round hole again for me putting Beaton in as a centre back. Because what I picked out uh, on the forty card minute there of the first half, uh, Beaton was out on the right hand side, and one of their players taunted him easily, and if. If Beeson would have went to ground, Barry, or we even gave a tackle there, a proper tackle, like Welch or, or we saw from young Dan Murray against Meachland, proper tackles, Beeson would have got the ball, but instead he conceded a corner, which at the moment, corners is like a penalty to Celtic. Like, Beeson won't 
go in for a half tackle with you because he's afraid to get injured and he's not that type of player who would go in for a tackle either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, you know what? To be honest, it's the one disappointing. Mm-hmm. I'm not disappointed, Dan, but it's the one disappointing or the one puzzling uh, choice to play Beaton because I really don't understand it. I know there's, you know, I know there's certain sort of posters and people on the forum who, who like like Beaton as a squad player. I don't. I need to be honest. I I don't think Beaton. I mean, play for the goal, Barry. I, I, you know what, I, I challenge my mate, I said, like, in, in the six or seven years he's been here, can you tell me three games that he's been outstanding? Because, like Mark, you said there, he's had, a, he's had a few or a few half-decent games, but that's it. You know, he's never, he, he's been at the club now for six or seven years, and I don't really see the purpose that he serves in it. Certainly not as centre half. I really just don't like the guy. I don't think he, he, he offers anything whatsoever. Because myself and Mark was saying, Barry, that Beeson has taken up a place on the bench or even the squad that maybe the likes of Luke O'Connell, Ewan Henderson or Young Dembele could take that position on the bench and get that experience. Now, well, you've got yeah. to ask yourself why that is because like I said, yeah. it's not like he's coming in and he's been outstanding and he's doing really well okay. in any position he plays. Whether it be centre-half, which is what he's played for you know, the past sort of season or two, he's never been like great. Uh, he's caused a, bit of, a lot of problems actually. He caused the, you know, the defeat at Ibrox He's never particularly good in the air for somebody at six foot five. He's making constant mistakes. He gives the ball away. I just don't see what maybe other managers or you know, is he maybe outstanding in training Monday to Friday and they just keep on going with it? Because for me, he's a big problem. I, I, you know, I would much rather I'd actually have a young Dave Murray in there before I don't mm-hmm. beat on. I just I just don't see the appeal for near beat on being the centre half. He's not even physical, Bert. Harry. He doesn't even have a physical bone no, to be a centre-back. Well, look, look at the, they had a big lump up front. You know, They had a big guy and you could see how many times he just laid, laid the shoulder and a beat on and was able to turn him or was able to just nudge him off the ball. Like you say, he's not one that particularly wants to go thunderment at tackle, whether that be that he doesn't want to get hurt or he just doesn't know how to do it. But, you know, for me, I just I wouldn't see him anywhere near the Celtic squad. I just I, He just doesn't do it for me. Not even as a squad player. Not for me. And like that... That will come a problem. We said in the previous podcast where Barry was walking, so we might have missed it. That if Beeson comes up with a fast player or a physical player, uh, and if they turn him, Beeson one is caught for space, and then Beeson will give away a stupid foul or end up getting a booking or end up getting sent off because of his lack of pace, his lack of physique, playing the position that clearly he can't play. It, uh-huh. You know. I've said it in the last couple of podcasts it would be mm-hmm. totally agree with what Barry's saying there. I just don't know where he offers to the squad. I don't know why he's quite happy to be where he is at that stage in his career. I mean, mm-hmm. he, if, even if he gets back to Israel, he's getting back to Israel. He's a rich man. He's got a bag full of medals that... Is, I'm not saying he's not earned the medals, but he's not really... He's not been your Scott Brown or your Callum McGregor type of... Exactly. He didn't cut... He's not been consistently in the team and putting his shifts in for the team to win these medals kind of idea. So it's baffling, it really is. I don't know why this thing's... And because, Barry, I don't know why you listened to the last podcast, but because of Bison still being in wrong, he's he's stopping young players getting that place in the the first team squad. One player he's stopping is Luke O'Connell. And I was saying to Mark, uh, I think that Aston Villa... Who else getting in the team tonight, Paul? And Aston Villa are now looking at um, Luke O'Connell to take Luke O'Connell away from Celtic. Well, there you go. You know, they, 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 again, again, that's the problem in having players, Mark, who 
or Barry Stride, who should have been moved on and should have been moved on maybe two, two years. And the reason I think Beaton stayed on is because Lennon became the manager and, and Lennon wanted him wrong because he was one of the first players wrong when Lennon was there as well, weren't he? Yeah, uh, you know what? I think, if I remember correctly, uh, Beaton was well out the picture uh, yeah. under Brendan Rodgers. And Lennon's very first game in back in charge, don't know if you remember it, quite a famous one. We went to Tynecastle, 1 2 1, Edward scored in the last minute. Beaton started. Beaton mm-hmm. came out from, from Siberia. He, he honestly he was that far gone and he started the game and he's kind of been in, in and out the team ever since. But I kind of thought after the whole uh, escapade at Mitchelland where we exactly. were not comfortable looking to go on and score 2 3 4, he then gets sent off and it costs us and suspended for the next day. I kind of thought that would be him. I kind of thought, well, he's been found out. Ange knows what he's all about. Uh, we'll probably not see him in a Celtic jersey for any time soon. But then he's backing against Hartson tonight, which I couldn't really understand. But there you go. The, the manager decided to pick him. But like I say, not for me. He's not a player that would merit a place in the squad for me at all. But if the things are going to say that he's not even been finished for his mistake, I'm not even a mistake. He's balls up against Mitchelland. I mean, he's cost us the timer. Aye, but yeah. obviously, I mean, he's, get, he's been fined for the red card and things like that. But for me, if you've, got, you've been sent off, it's to, up to you to prove to win your place back in the team. Yeah. If you're absolutely, out, I don't. If, if you're out the team for any reason, it's up to you to win your place back in the team. Nobody should be a, just an automatic, especially not somebody that lively beat on. So I mean, we're not talking about somebody that can a game, be a game changer for us or that. So it's, and that's going down to. Um, likes of Scott Brown as well, Mark. I think he probably knew as well that his playing time will be limited on the Celtic this year with a new manager coming in and stuff like that. And Scott Brown being Scott Brown probably knew himself he didn't have the legs and, and he maybe thought, look, I only have a year or two left to play. I want to go and play football. And that, but, but Beeson doesn't see it that way, does he? Beeson is happy to take the wage, sit back and just come into the squad any time he wants. I'd be, you know? be a bit part player. Where is yeah. That's a young boy. That's a young player's job to sit on the bench and be happy to be a bit part player and get their wee chances here and there. Prove things. Am I right, Barry? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he's have touched on it before. You know, for me, if, if there's a you know a sort of gaping hole in the squad or a player that's out injured for a period of time, like um, Christopher Julian was, what happened there was that then well stepped in. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly what should, what should happen. Where, like I say, I don't really understand. You know, Beaton is never going to be. Uh, he, to be honest, throughout his Celtic career, he never really has been a mainstay in the Celtic midfield. He's never been a first pick midfielder. Never nailed any position doing as he's in. No, no, absolutely not. So, uh, it's, like I say, like you can put some, but it's a strange one that you get a player who is kind of just willing and happy to to sit back and say, well, you know what, I'm quite happy to play maybe 13, 14, 15 games in a 60-game season or come in if there's somebody suspended. Players, for me, you want to go and play football. And if, mm. that means, if you're not getting a game at your current club, you go and find football elsewhere. You have a chat with the manager, you say, it's not worked out for me, it's maybe time I moved on. But am I right since it's about seven, six, seven years he's been at the club? So it can't be far off it. Stay seven, eight years, yes. Seven, eight years, I think he's been there. Just have a wee check, you know. Because uh, I think it was Neil Lennon that signed him in his first tenure, I think. I'm pretty sure it was Lennon that brought him in. That's like 2013. So, so there you go, there's eight, eight years he's been there. Uh, 
But like I say, guys, I mean, for me, I I, I thought, I'm a wee bit of this, but I kind of thought after the match, like you say, Mark, for a guy who is, is supposed to be an experienced player, to, to get sent off for something like that is pretty unforgivable. And I thought that would be maybe the last time we'd see a beat on in a Celtic jersey for potentially costing us that tie. But no, he was back and I'm surprised he's taken Welsh's spot. I really am. Another, another player who, who who's really kind of struggling with Ange and he's struggling with the pace. I think, and we knew it wasn't his strength, but he's actually been found out now by kind of lesser weaker teams that that maybe he wasn't being caught up. Is Taylor seems to be is is caught up position a lot better because of his lack of pace. I just think I'm. As I've said earlier, Paul, I've backed up Taylor and that, but he just seems he just seems totally, totally out of his depth on the on the on the pitch now. I don't know which. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's he can he do what Angie's asking him to do or that, but it's just he's totally I would really, really back the way as far as I'm concerned. I'd really can't back him up anywhere to be honest, Paul. No, no, like like I was saying to Mark there before we come came on air, now should Ange maybe adjust his playing style at the back and just stop this new invert, in, inverted uh, uh, defenders, he's calling them, that, that they tuck in, they make the space open for teams. Like, should he just keep the back four settled at the back and not have him push up because of the lack of pace that we have and the mistakes that we're making constantly by, by pushing up too high? Well, you know, what? I don't think he will. I think Ange, from what I gather, you know, from his personality, he's somebody that backs himself and somebody mm-hmm. that believes in his style. And I think that'll come when he has the players that he believes can play that way. You know, I think I would probably put Taylor, and maybe, actually, you know what, maybe not in the same bracket as Ralston. You know, I wish no harm to these guys, because you know what, the pull on that Celtic jersey and the try their very best every time, you know, they set foot on the pitch. But for, for me, no, absolutely, absolutely, mate. I just, me, my own personal belief is they're not at the level that we require to, to move, move forward and to progress as a team. And like I say, you know, Taylor and Ralston, every time they step on, you know, they, they give their all, they give a hundred percent, but they're just not at that quality. And I kind of agree with you, Paul. You know, if I'm just going to play this certain way. It'll not suit them. You know, they're they're not guys who strike me as being overly comfortable on the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and to play these inverted fullbacks, you know, basically they're kind of a lot of times being asked to be midfielders, and obviously a midfielder needs to be comfortable on the ball. So I think, like like was touched on earlier, you know, for me there's no doubt in my mind that in the next sort of three to four weeks when that window closes, we're going to have a centre back, at least two right backs and a left back brought into the club, uh, and I'm I'm quite happy for Taylor to to, to sort of play. The Beaton role as a, as a backup role, you know, if there's a suspension or injury that, to slot in and play exactly. a few games. But for me, we need an out and out uh, a quality fullbacks, and Andrew's going to know that because of the way he plays, because he wants his uh, inverted fullbacks. He knows the type of player they need, uh, players that need to be comfortable on the ball, and whether that's you know Buta on uh, or Aurelio Buta on the right, and you know I don't if it's, even if it's the young boy Scales that comes in on the left or another one, there's no doubt in my mind that Ange will be discussing with you know the recruitment guys that you know they're, they're desperately looking to bring in a couple of fullbacks because it's only once he's got the, the fullbacks that he wants that you're going to see the benefit of his style. He's going to have a real belief, but I don't think he will change. I really don't. I think he's going to back himself yeah. uh, until such times as that he brings in his own players. I think that like a good coach would even just like tweak it. Tweak it. Yeah, tweak it. 
Barry, do you know what I mean? Right? Oh, I mean, a daft man, blind man, could tell you Taylor and Ralph should mm-hmm. go to play his system. Create your strength to what you have at your disposal, Mark. Why not just tweak it the new, tighten things up a wee bit at the back? And then why? I don't think. And then move on, he's kind of yeah. that way. I'm not saying he shouldn't, Mark. I'm sorry, I'm not saying he shouldn't, but I don't think he will. And you That's know what? I'm not comparing them at all, but you, it's like Guardiola. Yeah. Even Guardiola was going through a bad spell, they had a run of three or four bad results. He refused, and he said that. He said himself, he says, no, he says, any poor goals we lose from playing the way that I want to play, it's on me. Don't blame my players, blame me. He never thought to himself, well, you know what? See, instead of trying to play it for the back, let's just go more direct because it's going to, you know, limit the chances of losing a goal at the back. He just kept on at it. And I think Ange is going to be the same. I'm not saying he should do that, Mark. I'm not saying he should. Stick a, I mean, see the building from the back, you know, like, like on Saturday. A weird build up for the back into the fact that the first uh, well, coming in rather than getting it to the centre half or the set. Do you know what I mean? They keep a route to centre half. It's, you know what, Mark? What they're doing is they're, they're making space. I, I explained it to Atlantic. They're making space sorry, for the wingers. So That's their, their team will actually yeah. put into the centre and it's open, It's actually opened up the pitch. Some that Celtic haven't I mean, done for a long time. You know? What that actually does as well is it gives the opposition a problem because they don't know who to go with. Yeah. They don't know. Do, yeah. do, I, do I stick with the wine man or do I go, and put, go into the midfield? And they've got a decision to make. And whatever decision it makes, it, it's supposed to create space for the other person. For example, if the, the, the opposition midfielder says, right, I'm going to follow Ralston in the park, that's supposed to give a bad of the space. Yeah, and the opposite exactly. flank, you know, or if they decide, well, actually, no, I'm going to stick on a bad then what is supposed to, it's supposed to get uh, Ralston on the ball. But that there, therein lies the problem, is when you've got, it's not, Really, when, when you get on the ball, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Although, you know, what the benefit for his goal on Saturday? But you know, I'm just, I'm not a fan of the build-up from the back. To be honest, I think on Saturday, it just, it just invites pressure. You know, when Scott Bain was getting the ball three yards from his own goal, and he's got heart strikers bearing down on him, it's a recipe for disaster. But you, you know, know what I know about, about, about her today, well, Barry. That when Hart knew, and this is something that Bain or even Craig Gordon didn't do, or Marcus didn't do, Hart recognised there today as well that uh, our squad wasn't strong enough to be to be played out for the back, and he did move the ball up a few times up the pitch just to, to clear, clear a bit of pressure. Like so, the keeper should be able to make that decision himself as well. Like that, if he knows they're under pressure, and there's, there's, if there's too many of their men on top of us. Make that decision and don't play the ball up from the back. That, and that, that's the thing, that I, and you're absolutely right, Paul, and I, I did notice it tonight, and, and that's the way it should be. You know, exactly. See, see if it's on to, to pass out from the back, if you're not under pressure, or you can see that the full back's in yards of space, give it to him. But see if you think, well, actually, if I give it to Taylor here, he's got a guy about five or six yards away from him, we're under pressure, go long. But what I noticed on Saturday was Bain wasn't doing that. Bain exactly. was happy to give it to a McGregor or a Sorrow when there's somebody up their backside and it just invites pressure for me that, that's the reason you lose the teams like Hearts you know when you invite pressure on and you know they nick a ball and gra- grab a goal uh, that, 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 that's for me that, that's not the right way to go about things do it when it's on however if it's not on get the exactly. ball go a wee bit more direct go further because you're, you're going to have space up the park then anyway Barry if they're pushing up on top of you so there's space there do you get me well, you that's know, it. You know what? You're picking up space, but you're also restricting the team from putting pressure on you. Exactly. You're restricting them from pressing you high up the park and you know winning the ball or getting a corner or 
you know, worst case scenario, losing a goal. I just don't understand why you'd invite pressure. Like yeah. I say, if you if you've got the players and the players that are you know fully comfortable on that ball, by all means play out when it's on to do so. But like you said tonight, Hart recognised the future. I think Hart recognised it. I think he did, and that's down to experience, Barry. He recognised that pass wasn't done. Yeah, this is a guy that's got seventy odd caps for for England. He's played in international tournaments. He knows when when's the right time to play and when's not the think, right time. Who do you think is Hart McCarthy signing Barry? Uh, absolutely over the moon with a pair of them, uh, Mark. Absolutely over. I think that's a statement signing for me. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, uh, without doubt, better than what we've got in terms of Joe Hart. You know, I, I even gave me confidence for the game tonight. Just knowing, knowing that. He, I said that to my wife. I said that to her. I said, she even just seen Joe Hart's name on that. It gives you a wee bit more... Oh, just, was it yeah. panic station, whether it was Barkis or Bain? I was... I'm mm-hmm. well, that's, I, I, about it earlier. He's delighted about it as well. He's actually wisdom yeah. teeth took out the day, so he's no... For once, he'll have... Uh, he's <laughs> went with bung in the dentist to do more operations. <laughs> but, yeah... He's the same, but... Joe Hart and McCarthy, and really, we've got we've two players for a million pounds. Oh, you know what, man? I, I'm absolutely over the moon. I, you know what? I felt like a wee kid, to be honest with you, when they announced those signings. I honestly did. And you know what? Joe Hart is 34 years old, three year contract. You know, he, I reckon he's got another good five years in him. You know, keep, keep her, he kept himself well. He's kept himself well, Barry. Well, he'll be one of I've spoken about that's kept his body in tip top condition. You, you could see he's a, he looks, he looks, he's, he, you know what, his uh, physique in that looks fantastic. He doesn't look like there's an ounce of fat on him. And, you know, the McCarthy one as well, that they've really sort of put a lot of faith in him, giving him a four year contract. But I mean, you, you'll know yourself, Mark, you know, from, you know, he's playing at Hamilton. You know, he, he's a guy that's a top, top player. And right. I, 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 remember, I, seen early, I seen a couple of days ago Daily Mail breaking the story. That you know McCarthy had signed a four-year deal. I actually refused to believe it until it, it was announced by Celtic. That's what the stage has got to. But I was absolutely buzzing. And you know what? Like you said, to give him a four-year contract again, he's only thirty years old. Mm-hmm. You know, a young fit guy. Um, you know, he he's going to have a wealth. You know, ten years. They've both spent you know ten years plus in the English Premier League. So you know they're only going to benefit this one. And not only that, you know, even. The Joe Hart signing that'll give the defence a lift as well, you know, to have somebody like that behind them. What you were saying about the corner, it was their very first corner of the game, Barry. Yeah, by Barry, I noticed that he was bowling and shouting about in point. Yeah. But we're not trying to organise. No, and even at that, when he passed the ball, I, 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 at one stage, Hart passed the ball to Zorro, and straight away he shouted, he's shouting at Zorro to turn and pass. Do you know what I mean? Straight away he's shouting and giving Zorro directions, like making Zorro. Aware who's around him. Do you get me? We sorrow that drops out the team for McCarthy. And I think it's needed because I said to you, Mark, uh, in the last podcast when we had uh, John on as well, Nidalda, Celtic are lacking the players of uh, Peter Grant, Neil Lennon, or Alan Thompson, or Scott Long, a tough player. And McCarthy will bring that, a tough tackle. But the best thing about McCarthy about is that he'll time his tackles. Get me. Oh, he's always going to go to ground. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, you know what as well. He, he's a very clever guy in exactly. recognizing when he has to go and close down a player. Exactly. He, he recognizes he closes down space really well. A, a real good defensive midfielder. I just think it's a terrific sign, and I really do. Because I remember when he was injured. Um, sorry about it, when he was injured for Ireland, and do you know the the Irish country? We have um, 
Liam Brady and the fella Eamon Dunphy here, you know, and, and they were always screaming that, like, what does McCarthy do? Like, what's he do? But when McCarthy wasn't in the team, teams were just walking straight to a midfield area. Do you get me? There was no one there dictating the play. And McCarthy can pick out a pass as well. I think that's, I mean, it's, it's experience that, that he gave us, like, you know what I mean? That's, he's no just look at your kind of hatchet, man, defensive mix. Oh. McCarthy can play a bit, do you know what Oh, I mean? definitely. Definitely. The guy can, de- like you say, Paul, the guy can pick up a pass. Now, He'll be back. He can also get you a goal. Isn't he? He's not. He's probably not going to get. He's definitely got the potential. Absolutely. And like I said, I'm not. I'm not saying he's going to chip in with ten goals, but you know, he he can he can grab five six goals a season. It's it's not what we expect of him, but for I'm absolutely buzzing about this signing. I really am. I, I wanted him. He's been linked for about four years every window, maybe even longer. And every one I used to pray that it came through. And I remember there was photos of him outside at Hamden with a fan. I've just bumped into James McCarthy and I was buzzing and I realised it was for two years before the guy stitched everybody up. Uh, but every time, so like I say, when the Daily Mail broke the story that McCarthy's, I thought, no, I'm going to wait until it's official from the club and within minutes it was. And like I say, I was I was like a kid on Christmas Day. I was loving, I was loving the fact. I think it's okay. a real statement signing the pair of them. I think that's going to give the squad a real boost. Especially with our squad Barry being so young and Mark said as well, like, these two lads been 10, 15 years down the Premier League, like they're going to be that experience that they learn from top players in the Premier League as well as up to Celtic. It's only a benefit to Celtic bringing these two lads in. Well, McCarthy's played under Martinez. Well, you know, the only thing wrong with Martinez is he can't organise a defence. But he's played under Martinez, played under Moyes. So even Roy Hodgson, who's a kind of defensive minded coach, he's been doing there playing with not top teams, but decent. Top managers. Aye, good managers in that, especially like Sam Moyes and Martinez. So he's been le- doing there learning. I honestly think he's been doing as one of my shrewd signing Celtics made in years, both two of them, Hart and McCarthy. Absolutely. And see McCarthy's career down south, it was, it was, it was on a, he, he made a massive impact. Like, obviously he moved from Hamilton down to Wigan. Then, you know, excelled at Wigan, got his move to Everton. See, at Everton, I don't know if you guys remember, he was heavily linked to a big move to Arsenal because, mm-hmm. because of his performances. Man United were scouting him and everything back then. He's one bad injury, and, and people still think he's finished because that one bad injury. Like McCarthy has played nearly every season, Barry Barr that season he got the bad injury. Do you know what I mean? Like people have seen that. You know like, people will pick out things, but I think I think he played something like 30, 36 games or something for Crystal Palace, or thirty six appearances for Crystal Palace last season. So. People can come up with the tag that oh he's injury prone. For me, it's a lot of nonsense. I think Mark, I think you've made a start before. He's missed less games than James Forrest um, for Celtic, you know. So it was a really bad thing. It was a double leg break. He got. Yeah. Oh, I, I actually remember it against Newcastle. Horrendous. But he's been back and playing since then. So I don't. And for what we need, there is two years in Newcastle. According to see that. <coughs> Transfer market uh, site. According to that, or his t- uh, two years at Crystal Palace, oh, he missed was three games. Three games. Uh-huh. No, I mean they put they've got the injury stats and things like that. So I don't, I don't know where this all comes from. That he's injury bro. Uh, I think I think sometimes when people pick up a bad injury, they just assume that they can't recover from it. You know, they're going to be injured for the rest of their career. But people need to get away from that. You know, this this is a brilliant signing for Celtic. I'm I'm confident. 
Look at him. Exactly, yeah. Like, yeah. Look what he went on today. Exactly, exactly. And it was a similar break he had. It's huge as well, but even looking at these type of players, I've seen it before, there's players doing the Premier League looking to kickstart their career, like Scott Sinclair, like Alan Thompson, Chris Sutton done. So hopefully we're looking at many of these type of signings. And it just goes to show as well, Mark, you know, we've spoken about it before, you don't always have to go and pay big transfer fees to get quality in the door. There is guys out there, out of contract, like McCarthy, like what we've done with Hart, you know, it's a big statement from Hart as well, because I don't know what wages he was on at Tottenham, but I'd imagine it'd be, he's taking a massive drop to come to sell it, just so he wants to play for the next three years, and it's a statement from him as well. I said to Mikey earlier on when I was speaking to him, you can't tell me that Joe Hart didn't have offers down in England to be a number two again. There's even talk that Mourinho want him to go and be back up to Portugal keeper they've just signed Rui Patricio or something he's called they want him to go and be number two I I, I, I said to you Mark what what Mourinho came out he congratulated him on the move and said that he's still the best English keeper that's in the Premier League at the moment he said he's way above like the Pickford second Henderson or or Pope like and as I said to Mike, when we were talking about it, I said to Mike, maybe he's one of the players we spoke about that's got to that age and thought, I'm sitting here, I'm meant it. Do I just want to sit here, be a number two and just get me money or do I want to go to a club, a big club, to one of the biggest... Uh, and I think one one of the best things as well, Mark, is that... Every week, play in Europe. Do you know what I mean, sir? For yeah. Wage drop and everything, if that's... Exactly, that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, that just shows his commitment like that. Ah, he's not here... It's not about money. He's not here for money. He's okay. here because he wants to play. And and the way he spoke about Celtic too, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's always... He's always good to say... Whenever he spoke about Celtic or came up against them and things like that, he's always spoke well about them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think maybe, maybe still takes his Scottish team. I'm not going to say that, that I know that for a fact, but maybe it is. And again, he's just thought, I'm going to just go and chance it up there for a few years. Mm-hmm. Just looking at the live chat there, that um, Terence is saying um, good result. Look, I, I think, as, as Barry said, look, a result is a result. There was need for Celtic. We take it, but the same problems that, there, that, that, that we highlighted here are, are, are the same problems on the live chat, like Beeson and Taylor. Just aren't good enough. Um, uh, at Glasgow Green, the same result could have been could have been more if, if we took our chances, and that seems to be okay, a bit I, of a problem. Kyago miss was a that was a screamer. Mm. The one Kyago miss. Yeah, me. over the bar, and I think Turnbulls was a bad miss as well. No They're actually very. He's a player who who has kind of maybe not progressed out of Ange. In, in the last couple of games, like St. Tony, he seems to be lost his way or something. You know what? I'd probably agree with that, Paul. Yeah, it pains me to say it because I know he's a, he's a well, he's capable player, of, yeah. Exactly. I just, I think, you know, we're still very, very early in the season, you know, but I don't know. He was do, he's doing things now that, you know, losing position, which he never did last season. He kind of carried the team a bit last season, so let's not forget that, but for me, he's, he started a wee bit. I think the honeymoon period's over for Turnbull now. Yeah. I think I think he's going to, need to step up his game if he's going to want to keep his place in the team. Hey, mate, you'll not believe this. Do you know Turnbull's only played seventy-nine professional games. There you go. Less than a hundred games. Mm-hmm. He's only he's only played seventy-nine games and he's is twenty-five yeah. goals in them. So um, no. 
I think, I mean, he is 22. You'd expect him to have more games under his belt. Obviously, the the, the, in, the injury would have hampered him and set him back about a year. Eh? I, I, I've read that somewhere earlier and I was totally... I was an amazed kind of idea, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But he was doing for a poor Celtic team last season. And then he has like, he's felt... Not, he's not playing in the position that he's not used. Like, this is the position we we, we were screaming for Tunnel to be playing in, like, you know what I mean? In in this position that Ryan Christie would have been played in, like, because Christie was kind of keeping Tunnel out, out of the squad early on the season, down the middle, but... He, he's really seemed to be, and I don't know what it is. Is it down to maybe he's still getting the grips of answer of fitness levels and up to the speed that Ange wants at the moment? And Tornell is just getting his fitness ready, Barry, do you think, or something like that? I'm not sure. You know what? I think Turnbull obviously, he's technically fantastic. He's yeah. very, very gifted. But for me, he's a wee bit, he's a wee bit slow and a wee bit lightweight. And I think sometimes, you know, well, Even his shots, Barry, to be aware of order. Before, like, Tony's shots would be on target, target or something like that. Like, you know what I mean? You know what? I, I think, like I say, you know, especially in his heart, he was getting dispossessed relatively easily, and he didn't really seem to have the speed to be able to get back in time when the ball back. And I think, like, for me, it was a, it was a wee bit apparent on Saturday more than, than ever that I think our, our midfield looked a wee bit lightweight. You know, yes. Gregor, Sorrow, and Turnbull. I thought to myself, I don't know if that's going to be a, a physical enough midfield to, to carry through the season. But obviously, since that, we, we went and got McCarthy in there. But I think Turnbull, I, you know, I don't. I think he's just sort of fell away a wee bit. Um, but the good thing is, you know, as we strengthen the squad, he's going to need to sort of up his performance. Exactly. If he doesn't, there's a there's a good chance he will have to put a, a wee spell on the sidelines. And there'll be people. It's only good for competition. There'll be people champing at the bit, you know, to get a start, you know. Ryan Christie, I don't know if he's like a matter of weeks away from leaving. Actually, you want to come in there, actually, Christie, when, when Barry finishes there? What are we kind of hard about Christie? That's for the same kind of money that Brown was on. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the problems. That's for the same kind of money Brown was on, and it just Celtic board weren't even entertaining it. Just All right, so so uh, so is he interested in staying then, Mark, on the back of that? Don't I don't know. But this is going back. She's gone by the timeline of this. Me and Paul put it yeah. together. This is when it seemed that he was gone in the huff. Mind he wasn't celebrating right. goals and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Then didn't it, Paul? What kind of time, yeah. that kind of time? So I, I don't. I think he, either, unless he's opened the gate for mere transfer kind of negotiations, it was because no off the Celtic. And yeah, because obviously. Yeah. He, he heard his sort of, you know, his dad saying that, you know, he really wants to go to England. And I kind of thought that he had in his mind that he would use the Euros as a shop window. But it backfired dramatically because he only played 45 minutes for Scotland. So it might it might be a case that he thought there was going to be a lot of interest in him in the summer. And maybe that the interest exactly. isn't there. Or maybe the clubs that are interested have inquired are what he wants. He's maybe backtracking a wee bit, but we'll have to wait and see. But I mean, because I said that to you by today, they're standing for England. Yeah, team something about him in that, but it's nothing really. I mean, it's, it's like you're, of course, you Burnley, you're like Burnley's Crystal Palace, and yeah. I think Southampton were, but I think they've stepped back for it kind of thing. So, so your lower, lower Premiership uh, league clubs, basically. Said before, well, look at Ayer. Ayer's not going to be at Brentford next summer. Especially if they get relegated, you know what I mean? Because he'll be doing there to catch the eye of a bigger club and get a step up. But I think Christie 
expected to maybe get to like a kind of Kieran Tierney type of that. I mean, you, you know what I would say as a sort of praise of Christie? Like, I think he's, at, he's shown a good attitude since the season started. Yes. Yeah, I, know, I know it's only Definitely. Games in, and we gave him stick, yeah, exactly. Look at that in contrast to Edward, who started the season exactly the same way okay. he played last year, like, uninterested. Contrast to Christie last season. Exactly. Yeah, that, that, that's what I mean. I mean he, he, he's changed. See if Christie decided to stay and signed a new contract, and that it'd be a great, it'd be a, it'd be a great move for Celtic. Do you know what I mean? Because Christie on his game, I mean, don't get us wrong, his shooting was a bit woeful. But we've spoke about that before. Did Christie? Did Neil Lennon just ask Christie to do the job that Chris Commons done for him? As soon as you get the ball, shoot. Because he's yeah. he's, Ange, he's not doing that as much when Durant. No, he, and, he, and he seems to be passing the ball more as well, Mark. And even tracking back, you see Christie tracking back. How we didn't see him. I mean, it was it was meant to be that it was in fifteen grand a week, and they offered him eighteen, and he wanted like a thirty, thirty, the kind of money Scott Brown and McGregor and that are getting. But Celtic said no. But I think Christie's a good enough player to warrant more than eighteen grand. I, do you get what I mean? I, we know what he can do when he's on his game. Yeah, I agree, man. Absolutely. And I think as well that there's sort of lesser risk that, that he would actually perform. You know, look at Edward. I think every every fan to a man has said, we don't want him in the team. We know what he's going to do. He's not going to show an interest. I don't think Christie falls into that bracket. I think if things were to turn around for Christie, he would, you know, excel again like he did. Whereas, like I say, Edward, for me, he, he's, he's no he just wants out the door he even he offered, offered nothing when he came on today Barry Edward he offered nothing when he came no, on again no. today uh, exactly and that's how see when the team got released and I've seen it was Kyogo up top I think every Celtic fan was delighted I don't think yeah. there was anybody I very much doubt there was any Celtic fan said why is Edward not playing you know everybody was done because they know what he offers just now and every, everyone said that you know if he's not interested we need to get him right you know well, you know, JFP mentioned, you know, he should have been gone at the start of something. I think I said on a podcast before the season finished, Paul, to you, for me, I would have sold Edward yeah. at the start of the summer, at the end, because you want to go forward and progress with the players that want to be there. And if he doesn't want to be there, you didn't really want him in pre-season and playing these early Champions League qualifiers because you, you'll get the effort what we got, which was nothing. Well, again, when he came on, he didn't yep. really seem interested. He'll take set the price and until somebody meets that price, he's not going anywhere. So yeah, what happened? What, what happened with Leicester, Matt? Because by all accounts, say it was it was quite quite close to happening, and then for all of a sudden, it, the plug got pulled for whatever reason. I don't even know what happened with that one. I'm not. They're still thinking about the cards and blending larger tax back or something like that. What this? I think they were wanting more money off of Leicester than they were wanting off everybody else. Ah, right. Okay. Okay. Because that one looked like it was close, but then obviously it fell through. Um, well, Edward didn't fancy moving to West Ham because he wasn't going to be first choice. I think that's what put the kibosh on that. That was it Antonio he's called, Paul, would you maybe we were talking Yeah, Antonio, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Edward would be second choice, he wasn't wearing that. But there's, there is, I mean, see what all oh, this uh, Brightner said, I've never even spoke about Edward and that. That's just playing the PR game. Brighton spoke to Celtic about Edward a few times. And I think it's just, this is just my opinion. I think Celtic's waiting for like 20 million. That's their, that's their price until somebody, whether it's, they're not interested in this eighteen and a half million, and then another two million if they stay in the Premier League and things like that. They want twenty million in their bank before they even talk talk to anybody about it. My my, my thing about about this is, and it's good that we're talking because the biggest the next part is 
uh, we were all saying that we did we wanted Edward to be dropped and, and we welcomed that loose there and, and uh, Fukuhashi got, got the, the nod up front where does this leave a Yeshi do you think Barry within the Celtic squad do you think maybe he's not a part of Vange's plans going forward that he hasn't been starting any games now or anything like that you know what Paul it's a bit of a strange one isn't it because yeah Right at the very start, when you sort of pre-season began, and you know you were seeing pictures, of, yeah, he looks like he shifted a good couple of stone. So you're thinking to yourself, maybe he's turned the corner, and then they play the the first uh, pre-season friends. And yet he's captain, he scores in the first two, yeah, and then I mean he's not. So it's a, I don't know. For me, you know, looking at both parties, it's probably best if he moves on. To be perfectly mm-hmm. because. Even Saturday, we're chasing a goal, 2-1 down, well, not 2-1 down, sorry, you know, it's 2-1 down late in injury time, but, you know, when we're pushing for a goal, it's Rogic that comes on. So if you're a Yeti, you're sitting there, you're thinking, I'm, I'm clearly not even close to being in, in Ange's plans. It might be, I think, Mark, you'd said, you know, they were looking to move him on earlier in the winter, before, sort of, and when Ange first came in, his agent was trying to get him a move. That's why Oleren was here and, didn't you know who was right, okay. that his agent was looking for a, a do you think maybe something happened between the Yesi and the whole backroom staff last season and uh, maybe that's continued on to this season with John Kendi and Gavin Strack and the, oh, they, they had a talk no but I'm just saying it like that did, no, did his attitude maybe come in again to this season like Maybe there was an attitude there, but yes, he had. I'm going, and maybe, I'm going to get a St. John Kennedy picture for you, Paul, for your kid. I'm bonus. I'm bonus. You know, <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's like, do you think maybe there actually is an attitude problem there with Yesi, and that maybe Andrew's actually saw that now as well? Like, you know what I mean? Because it is a strange one here, like, that he's not playing, like, you know? It could be, but again, why play him and pick him as captain? He must have seen That's it, like. If he's stinking at it, it's true. Must and he's never that before that. Yeah, he's never really featured at all. Like I say, you would think to yourself, you know, to, uh, one all at Hearts, you know, you're pushing for a win, you, you want to get off to that good start. You've got a striker on the bench, but like I say, he calls upon Rogic. Even the Beachland game, Barry, he kept Edward on the full yeah, even know, extra know, time. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, it could be, it could very well be, Paul, that. Yeah, he knows that his time at the club's number, but Celtic can't really sell him just now because we've, up until Kyogo, we've only had uh, exactly. Edward as a fit striker and Ayeti. You know, obviously, Clamal is gone, we've never replaced him, and Griffiths is no fit. So it could be that we're just in a position where we can't really afford to let him go in case something happens to Edward or, you know, whatever it may be. But it doesn't look good for Ayeti, it really doesn't, that he's not getting any sort of game time whatsoever. For me, that maybe tells you that he's, these days at Celtic are number. Was he on the bench today, aye? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Was he on the bench, was he? On the bench, yeah. But again, like, he's still didn't even... I didn't get a... Yeah, it was Edward that came on. Like, so, like, that's what I take like... I mean, who's yeah. that, how long is it going to take? Somebody said that in the live chat. How long is this bromance between Ange and Rogic going to last until he realises that Rogic isn't he? <laughs> I mean, See, that's it. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, Modric's not going to last the full season. Bisa's not going to last the full the full season. Do you know what I mean? You know, there, there's no, there's no, there's no doubt about that. Like, does, Rog- does uh, Rogic still play for Australia? Or is he retired? I know. He's done- well, I know he, I know he turned down any internationals this year. Anyway, he turned them down. It's actually till this year anyway because I know they do some 
qualifies in January as well. Like, so maybe he'll go back now in January, Mark. We'll have to see, won't we? Yeah? Uh, see, even at that, see we're all getting injury history and his age and everything, you know, he's wanting to just retire from it. If he wants, exactly, if he wants to progress, he said the career. I don't, I don't see how, how he can progress his Celtic career, do you know what I mean? That's, that's, yeah. If it was the Ange that came in as manager, I don't think Rogic should have been here. I think. No, and uh, again, mm-hmm. I was just going to say again, Mark, you know, there, there's no way Rogic is going to hold down a sell-out position, you know, no matter where it is, he's not going to play 40, 50 games a season. He's not going to start, you know, half of those. He's going to be, if he continues his Celtic career, he's going to be a bit part player. A guy who comes on for 10, 15 minutes or a guy that maybe comes in if somebody's needing a rest or is injured. But there's no way he's going to hold down a position in that sell-out team, but, especially as Andrew's made it clear that he's wanting to play a high-press sort of fast exactly. game. That, that doesn't sit fit into Rodgers' sort of... But Rodgers doesn't even do... Something special that the three of us talked on um, a podcast, you know, that the one player who, who would do something special in the game, like like we all said, Roger was the cup man, he did something special in the cup, he goes, well, he doesn't even do a special pass anymore or anything like that, like, you know what I mean? He's just, he loses the ball more time than he actually has it now, Roger, you know what I mean? You know? Like, he's another player that's actually taken up a, a, a place in our squad, like, 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 he's on, like, you know? You know? I mean, He's not going to get any better. Right, he's most a bit of weight in that, but then I'm, you know, kind of, I'm not no fitness expert, but he's not all of a sudden going to become a kind of guy that can run about a park for 90 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Not at his age, no. So I, mm-hmm. I agree with you, Paul. He's just, for me, he's in the same bracket as Beaton. He's just in some kind of comfort zone, quite happy to plod on whenever he. Do you know what I mean? Just not even. I mean, they're not even pushing for first team places. No. I don't see when they are getting these chances. I mean, Beaton's not shown anything that's why on the on the field why he should start before Welsh. See, exactly. He doesn't even change the game for me. Beaton was coming in and playing well. You would exactly. Like, does, but he's no. See, if Rogic was coming on in a, as a sub and starting to ping the passes about and a wee dribbles and he shimmies about the box and that like he used to do in the odd wee wonder go you'd be like oh well fair dues he's doing well so I keep him and bring him on for the last 20 minutes and things like that but he's not even doing anything like that no no, no I think anything, they're just not offering anything to the team no. I'm making up the numbers that's basically all they're doing that's what it is like I mean he doesn't even like if anything if you're bringing on Roderick you're going to expect uh, the pace of the game by to slow down. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. And he's going to slow down by, by, by him receiving the ball and him passing it as well, like, you know? Yeah. I mean, even even when he drives forward with the ball, it's not exactly a sprint, you know, it's kind of just a bit of a canter, you know, when, when he's driving forward into space. It's a wee bit strange because, you know, we've spoken about Beaton, we're speaking about Rogic. Now, it seems that these guys, and somebody mentioned it earlier, it seems that they're quite content just to be better yeah. players in the squad. You know, they're yeah. happy just to pick up their wage and play a handful of games and not really be important players within the squad. You know, that that's strange to me. I, you know, I, I respect players more that... Even a lifestyle in Scotland, being a Celtic player, gives you my uh, Barry. Do you know what I mean? That's even... Probably part of it as well. No, I mean, yeah, you know, uh, oh, any chance? Yeah, it used to be, it used to be days gone by that 
you'd be furious if you weren't playing or you'd be disappointed and you'd do something about it you'd either you know, buck up your ideas or you'd be in speaking to the manager saying well, you know, what do I need to do to get a game here but you don't even seem to be doing that I'm quite happy to sit on a bench and get the last 15 minutes and you know, pick up a win bonus I don't know it's just all a bit strange to me but yeah for me I can't see I agree with you guys I can't see how guys like Rogic and Beaton are going to have any sort of impact on the squad, especially if we look to recruit and strengthen further, you know, in these areas. You know, there's no doubt in my mind a centre half will be coming soon, so that would put Beaton further down the pecking order. There's no way he should be even close to getting a game in the midfield. But, you know, it looks like if he's under contract, it looks like he's going to be here. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens, I guess. It's very the head there, but Mark, like, these fellas are happy to take a wage, uh, and like no. the chunk of yeah, the, the the chunk of the wage that those two lads like, I say those two lads are are, are one of our top owners at the club. Mark, I say himself from Beeson. They'll be up, they'll be up, doesn't it? Yeah, the good earnings anyway. But well, Barry will know that's better than me. He's played, played the game, but but see if you're a young player getting to your like nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. And then when you're getting older, maybe getting into your thirties, you want to be playing every week. When exactly. You're, you're like, a young player, you're hungry to play every week. Yeah. But even doing the youthfulness, you just want to play for every week. But if you're playing for a actually professional team or any kind of thing, you want to be playing every week at that age. And then when you get older, you realise, you have no way to a many year left play. So I want to start playing every week. Um, absolutely 100% Aye I mean that takes that's, Common sense Barry and, and you know what Mark, I'm not going to speak Too much about myself But I, I mentioned that When I first came on here You know When I did get You know Broke into Dundee First team And got I think like I said I played about 15 games But I was never A consistent player You know I was never playing Week in week out At that point There came a point Where I said I need to go out And it, like I said It was me that went And asked to go out on loan I want to go out And I got the move to Hamlet Because I didn't want to you know, play one week and then miss the next three or get on for 20 minutes for two games and then be out. That, that was no use to me. Like you say, a young player, you're just desperate to be, play football and spot on at the end of his career, you know that there's no many years left. You think, well, if I'm, I, I'm not going to sit here. I want to enjoy the last couple of years of my footballing career. I need to go somewhere where I'm going to play. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's gone out the game, Mark. I don't know. I'm so Scottish. I think that's what Joe Hart and McCarthy's looked at. Mm, absolutely they've stayed in England they could have got moved probably abroad or whatever but they've just so, but never going to be maybe first choice kind of thing or just back up or scrape a bit trying to avoid relegation in the champions uh, promotion to the championship or things like that so I think they've maybe thought of that and just thought their age I've played that many games over the last few seasons kind of idea we've got a chance to win trophies play every week Front of 60,000 fans, and it, to, to me, that's a good thing. You, you know what else for me, Mark? It shows, it shows to me that Celtic are still a club that can attract good players. Exactly. We spoke about it in previous podcasts. Celtic are a big club, that it's a big pool for certain individuals to cut loss. And we're not going to go in the high end of the European markets and sign quality players. But it just shows you, look, there's, like I said, Joe Hart, he's only 34 for a keeper. I mean, I think he's about the same age as Foster. Everybody would have bit your hand off to Foster back a couple of seasons ago. You know, he's the same as who he's, he's not by any means over the hill for a goalkeeper. And James McCarthy, 30 year old, again, another guy that I reckon would have had Premiership interest. I was talking Newcastle, they're heavily interested, whether that's true or not. 
So, but and, and you know, he's chose to come to Celtic. So it just shows you as well, we are a big pool to, for, for certain individuals to come and play at the football club. It's all about timing. That, I mean, I mean, see, really, half the battle wave transfers and things like that are timing. Just uh, like, just seem like falling places the one time and something works. You know what I mean? I it comes down to it. I suppose a bit of luck when you're trying to get players like the Calibury, Joe Hart and McCarthy in. But for for us to spend a million pounds, a million pounds and Joe Hart and Jim McCarthy is just a brilliant piece of business. It really is. Great business. Really good business. The experience that, that these two lads are, and exactly. we spoke about Barry. I think his experience, the two of them, will bring into that. What, what, what I do like is immediately. No, I mean, I said, settling in. I constantly said that we're lacking leaders to, to maybe to help Callum McGregor, Barry, uh, and and these two fellows will certainly help him on on the pitch as well as being two vocal leaders, to, as well as Callum to have because at the, at the moment and you saw it against Hearts. We were bullied. There was no leaders on the pitch against Hearts. Yeah. There was no one there. I, I, I and that's what that. these fellas will, will, will come in and, and give Callum that, that help that he needs as well as captain, you know? Absolutely. And not just, you know, as captain, but as his, you know, his performances, I think, will get better as well. And McGregor, because I think, like I said, it was kind of evident on Saturday that, you know, McGregor was the main man in there besides Sorrow and Turnbull. And like you say, a bit lightweight, and it was like the whole onus was yeah. on uh, Callum McGregor. You know, he had the sort of weight of the team. He was having to carry the team, or certainly looked like he was anyway. But you know, to have somebody like that McCarthy in there, and like you say, to, to have Joe Hart. You know, there's over a hundred international caps between them. You know, yeah. twenty years worth of Premier League experience, as and and quality as well. These are quality players. That's what I'm saying. Oh, they're going to really develop, and they're going to let McGregor get back to the players exactly. as well. And I think there'll be more on the way. There's no doubt in my mind there's going to be plenty of players coming in. Ange said himself, "This isn't the end of it." You know, I was just reading there when, when the two of you were talking. I was kind of reading into Ange's um, kind of pre-match pre, pre conference, and, and he was saying that he still knows that. Hans recognised himself that he said we're, we're, we're too nice on the back line. He says there will be reinforcements coming in. I can't give you Thailand because transfers are complicated now to, to, to get deals done. And look, we spoke of all those reasons, Mark, the, the Brexit, the COVID pandemic, quarantine, stuff like that. But the signs will come, and, and that's and that's nothing about. But well, going back to the leadership, like we, we I know, I know we, we, we knew his legs were gone and stuff like that, but we really miss the is it we say the presence of someone like Scott Brown in that authentic team. Yeah. Influence here, I I know what you mean. Yeah. Aye, even along the chest, even along the dressing room mark or something like that for these young lads who who will get bullied on, on the park mark. They will get they will get you know. I mean Joe Hart Joe Hart will maybe be one of the oldest guys in the dressing room now. Yeah, yeah. Years of experience. Years of experience. And he won't let these young defenders be bullied. And that's one thing. And you credit to her. He won't let that uh, big six foot tall defender bully. He's a. will only guide these young players how to deal with these players, surely. Joe Hart and McCarthy will be big voices in the dressing room. Do you know what I'm saying? They'll make a presence felt. They'll know what's. Along with McGregor, I'll make sure everybody knows what's expected as a, as a Celtic player. 
McCarthy knows what it's expected to be a Celtic player. He knows what it means to be a Celtic fan. Joe Hart's coming in here, years of experience at top clubs. He's bringing in professionalism, another level, another guy that's not going to take any nonsense. He's going to ball and shoot at them on the park, but he'll keep them right. It's the experience that the guys bring in. Is That's a big bonus, apart from their ability. The experience that Joe Hart and McCarthy bring in is a massive bonus to that young team we've got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, going by Carl uh, McGregor, we're seeing Barry, because we haven't spoken you know, in a while, we're actually seeing the best of Carl McGregor since he's not actually sitting back trying to cover Scott Brown as well. That We're seeing him go forward, we're seeing him score the goals that we know Carl McGregor can score, and It'll only get better for him when we have a player like James McCarthy in that midfield line. Uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, Colin McGregor played his best football, you know, when there was good players in and around him. You know, you're talking about guys like, you know, Scott Brown, Stuart Armstrong, uh, Scott Sinclair, Patrick Roberts. You know, Colin McGregor thrived when he was part of that quality midfield. I think... You know, because of the natural way that the football's happened with the club and stuff, you know, Soros a sort of young, undiscovered talent. Turnbull's a young lad. There's a big, been a big onus on Callum McGregor to be yes. the main focus. I think if you could get in guys like McCarthy and whoever else may come in, you know, whether, you know, I don't know if Christie's going to stay there, but Christie is a good player. You know, the more quality players in and around McGregor, the best you're always seeing him. And I think, like I say, if we get you know, good players in and around McGregor. You're going to get the Callum McGregor that you had a couple of seasons ago and one that you had for three or four seasons behind, the one that was winning awards and scoring goals galore. You know, he's now the captain. He's now the, you know, the vocal point of the squad. But like like we were just speaking there, guys like McCarthy, uh, Joe Hart, and whoever else comes in, you know, they're going to be big voices, big personalities, and that's only going to help McGregor. It's going to take the... the not the weight off him, but you know he he's the captain of the club now, and to have these experienced and, and quality players in and around him. So for him to leave, for him to leave Shawman as well, Barry. Do you know what I mean? Like it's something needs to be sorted. Like that, Cameron can go to these senior players as well. Look, lads, what do you think here? Like, you know, what, what do you think should be the situation here? What should they do here? And like these fellas are only going to be there. Like James McCarthy, captain the Irish football team. Do you know what I mean? Hart captained Man City on his day when when he was playing there. He was captain for Manchester City. He was captain for England on on, on numerous occasions. Like like these are captains in their own right. Like they don't have to wear the armband, but they're captains in their own right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. They're leaders. You know, these are these are guys with a wealth of experience at every level of the game. You know, McCarthy's played at the highest level in Scotland, England, international. Same with Joe Hart. You know, he's won the Premier League. He's played Champions League football. He's 70-plus caps for England. You know, these are wealth of experience. Cups and everything, isn't he, Joe Hart? Cups and Euros. He's played at every level, every level of the game. So, you know, naturally, as a captain, Callum McGregor's going to... Not only what you have in uh, dressing rooms is you have, like, a, a leadership group. Mm-hmm. It's not just the captain. You know, you've normally got r- r- five or six players within, you know, a-, a playing group or a playing staff. That's I think they call them a leadership group. I would imagine guys like Joe Hart and James McCarthy would be fed right into that. I'd imagine they'd drop right and they would fall right in that bracket because, like you say, Paul, why wouldn't they lean on that experience? You know what? G- given that he's, he's, he's sort of the personality, I, I don't. Know I think he would be, yeah. I, I get that he's got the experience and stuff like that, but you know, for me, as long as somebody you're going to go to if you you're in a hole or, or you're needing advice or you're, you're 
you know, putting uh, ideas against putting ideas against each other. I don't know if Rogic would be. James Forrest would be for me. You know, yeah. I know maybe he's not a guy who's, who's vocal, but he's a guy that's got a wealth of experience. Again, Scotland Champions League. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, like I said, it's all different sort of people that you have in these groups, but mostly guys with experience. And like I say, for me, Hart and uh, McCarthy, they fit the ball down to a tee. What about Cahill? Would you bring in Cahill if, if we could? It's funny you should say, I got a text from my mate probably about 10 minutes before uh, I came in, and I would take him in a heart. I would, I would yeah. I would. I think know? that's your spine then sorted, Barry. You've Hart, Cahill... McCarthy and, and uh, Cal McGregor there, and then another tough, uh, tough class striker. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, a guy that you know loves defending. Cahill's just a, an out and out defender. He's not going, you know, he's not blessed with great pace. He never was uh, throughout his career. But, but a guy he's a defender who can read the game. Do you yeah, know what I mean? He'll, and, he'll, he'll win his tackle, he'll go and attack the ball. What, what Duffy was going to do. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. That was, Duffy was going to be like. Uh, it just never worked out for Duffy, unfortunately. But, Mark, has he been linked with us, or is that just fans? Sort of saying this guy's free. I think it's a bit of. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm not sure. I know that it was linked with Rangers a bit, but I think. I, I think really, right, okay. I'll, I'll try and find out. I know somebody. Was I, I wasn't sure if he'd been linked because I've never seen a story, but I know a lot of people are saying, you know, it's, it's a no brainer because he's out of contract. He's exactly what we're looking for. Uh, plus, as well, like, like he's coming in where he already knows Joe Hart. He played with. He, no, he didn't play with Joe Hart. He played with Chelsea. Came sorry, but he would have played Joe Hart at international level. He played with James McCarthy at Crystal Palace. Level, yeah, definitely. definitely. I know what. Again, a guy with a wealth of experience. Yeah. He's done it. I imagine he's he's been international tournaments as well. He's played Champions because that's what it is. Premier like, football for like, ten, fifteen years. We all want our young players. Like, our young players know how to give it a plan. We say, but yeah, and like he'll have a plan from him. Give him game time, but. As well as that, like you want experienced players around these these young lads as well, like you know what I mean. You want you want to sign players that are going to progress and be worth millions in years to come. Mhm. Yeah. You still need players for the here and now. Whether it's exactly. I mean, you know, years. Do you know? What I mean, it doesn't matter. And I'll give Red Shen the experience that well, he needs. Or Jane Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I was about to say that, Paul. You know, think of the experience and yeah. development of Welsh and Dane Murray having somebody like Gary Gahill, uh, you know, nurturing them along, helping them out, you know, because that, that's what these players do when they come in. Behind them. Do you know what I mean? Bring hard behind. And, like, yeah, like I said, and, and right right from the outstart, the confidence that they all get playing next to these guys, no disrespect, you know, I'm not, but could you imagine, like, um, Stephen Welsh being overly. A confident playing next to near Beaton, uh, or, or Dave no. Murray playing next to near me. You're, like, you're exactly not right. thinking it's telling them what, confidence. What I noticed uh, last week, and I noticed as well today, like Starfield last week against Hearts was was pushing out into into the left hand side to cover Taylor, and today then he looked like that he was nearly covering Beaton because because Beaton was out of position because Beaton had the pace to get back. Like so, Starfield will only. Well, Benedict, if he has a proper defender next to him, and until he gets that really by, we're not going to form a proper relationship in the in the centre back line. Till we get a proper, maybe if it's if it's not Welsh, but we, we certainly do need a solid centre back there. You know, absolutely. And and I, I personally, Welsh. I mean, we've all waxed lyrical about Welsh, and he, he really has done Welsh. He's come in, but again, 
for me, he's not a starter in the Celtic oh, team. Yet. Young, like. I, I would, I'm happy with him to be a backup and, like I say, come in when necessary. But for me, you know, Starfield will be a starter, and whoever else comes in, we don't know who it's going to be if it's a Cahill or, you know, being linked to a number of other ones. And like you say, it's going to take time for them to forge a relationship. But the more games they play together, you know, the more, the stronger they'll become. So if it wasn't Gary Cahill, for me, that's an ideal candidate to come in because he's not not only your, your sort of young uh, Murrays and, and Welshes, he's also going to help develop Starfelt, as is Joe Hart. Yeah. So, you know, if, if and when these guys come in, whoever it may be, the team's only going to progress as the games go by. And like you say, Paul, relationships will be forced, partnerships will be forced. They'll, they'll kind of build up an understanding of each other and where they should be and where they need each other to be. And that, that's just natural with any sort of centre-back pair or pair on any uh, part of the pitch. Yeah. You can even see the new fee. What we've seen for last season, Deanne's been in here for just over a month or whatever. It is night and day. Even oh, God, yeah. You really, it is. It's, it's night and day for even the performances, the way we are playing, the way players are even running like trying a bit better and things like that it's totally night and day for what we were watching last night oh, even that game on Saturday there's still a lot to go Barry you know what I mean? that's what I'm saying there's a lot oh, to go I'm saying, wait till this windy shot yeah, we would have had we would have had Hartford to bed if we had a, an Edward who, who would have made an effort well, for Sunday you know something Paul that, that's what I was about to say by no means did I think we, we played well against us but we had more than enough to yeah. win that game Definitely. You know what I mean? Like, what was it, 70 odd percent possession? You know, it just we didn't have that cutting edge up front. And that was largely part of the fact that Edward wasn't willing to sort of make runs or, you know, put up a fight or, or, or look to show any sort of interest. But, you know, whilst I didn't think it was a great performance, we still had more than enough to win that game. And like you say, Paul, once this win- transfer, uh, sorry, uh, it was a cell market said it, once this transfer window slammed shut and uh, and has got all the players that he wants, or the, you know the players that he wants to fit in his system. Then you're going to start to see the best to sell it. Then you're going to start to see the team progress, and hopefully on the back of that, the results will come, and we'll really start to see a, a really good, attractive Celtic team again. I think there's one player that I have to signal today, and look, he is Celtic man true, true. He, he's never really kind of asked for a move or a thing as far as I know. Like, James Foss, again, that was a 101, I think, continental appearance he made for Celtic. Is, is that 13 or 14 goals now he's scored for Celtic in Europe? And what your thoughts on him playing on the left-hand side due to his non-position on the right? What, what's your thoughts on that? I, I, uh, I, I think... What's that, Max? Sorry, sorry. sorry. I, I, I'd rather he played in the right. Yeah. I, I gave Forrest Pelters for years and it was just during the last couple of years and Kev 83 to be moaning get for the forum that kind of made me look at him a bit a different way and just although he's, he never really dominates much of a game but see when you look at the goals and assists he's gave us over the years you can't fault the guy but no. I don't like him out on the left and I, I don't think see if he doesn't pull up his socks a bit I don't, I don't know if fancies Forrest at all 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yeah, uh, I, I'd agree. With, I'd agree with that. I, I think he's. Be, I think he's more effective on the right. I think he's game suited to playing on the right. Uh, you know, he, he likes to come in. So I think he's a wee bit less effective. But I think what you're right uh, in saying is, that you know, I, 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 if we do bring in the boy Lovrich, I get his name's been mentioned again today. I think you might struggle. I think James Forrest might not play as big a part as, as what he and others might think because. I can see a badder being a certain star. Yeah, definitely. Are really promising. He looks like an exciting player, a player that, you know, every time he gets the ball, I kind of feel like, oh, something can happen here. And if we go, go and spend money on Lovrich to play on the left, meaning Kyogo, I'll go through the middle, it might be that Forrest, you know, we don't see as much as him as, as what he might think. Well, when, one of the things as well is Forrest. He played some of his best football when Paddy Roberts was here. Yeah, exactly. He is. There's somebody nipping at his heels. He, he, he'll up his game a bit. Back to kind of... Forrest that everybody kind of raves about. I mean, he was for a few couple of seasons there. He was a great player for his but He came back away and then he was injured and things like that. But you know what, man, and you, you said earlier, you can't, you can't argue, he's not, I think, I, I didn't actually know this, but I heard uh, the commentator saying that was his 93rd goal for Celtic, and also he's got 90 odd assists, there's almost 200 goal contributions in his Celtic career, that's massive, that's really impressive numbers, I must admit, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, like you say, a manager comes in and, you know, if you don't play a certain way or... You know, like I say, you've got a bad in there who's really started his career well. Although it's yeah, let's talk about a bad. Barry, it's been a long time since uh, I say since since Patrick Roberts, but when he first came to us under Brendan Brendan Rodgers, that Celtic have really seen a player who who's not afraid to take on defenders. He he knows his ability. He knows he's going to outrun defenders. Like Celtic haven't had a a player like a for for a long, long time. No, I'd agree with that, Paul. You know what? He seems very direct. He seems like just an old-fashioned winger. He yeah. stays very wide, very close to the touchline, and when he gets that ball, his first thought is, I'm going to go at this defender. But he's also, you know, you, you can tell the guy's going to score a lot of goals. He's going to yeah. score a lot of goals for the club. You know, he's not afraid, afraid to get a shot away. He's very instinctive. I thought, you know, his goal uh, that he scored today, you know, kind of similar to the one against Mitchell in the, in the sense that he took up that position. You know, uh, and you know, I, I think early early signs don't want to get too carried away. But for me, the signs are very strong. Like you say, we've not had a player like this in a no. long time—a guy that just gets the ball, faces up a fullback, 
and says, I'm going to take you on, whether it be on the inside or outside. That, that, that we really missed, Barry, do you know, someone who would run down to the boys line and, and yeah, who uh, you know had any foot to put across in, like, you know what I mean? A, a fullback's nightmare, Paul. There's yeah. nothing worse. A fullback dreads going up against a guy with pace that's willing to face you up and take you on. And, you know, that, like you say, we've not had that. You know, we had kind of El Yunusi last year who played out on the left. And it wasn't his game. Whilst he was a decent player, he wasn't the one. He didn't have the pace to sort of go and face up. He had to take up other positions on the park to, to, to be sort of beneficial. That's why I think yeah, Forrest kind of, might struggle is the way Ange plays like that. He, he likes his wingers to get down to the boy line as well and kind of put balls into the box. Like, Forrest is yeah, a good I mean, I mean, I think he's got it in his game to do that. For yeah, I don't think exactly. I don't think he really wants to. I think he like I think Forrest he is more beneficial. I said this on the right kind of agreeing with Mark because I think he likes to come in and yeah. link up with strikers and little bit and get shots away that way. Whereas I'm just come out blatantly and said you know before a, a training session was had he likes his wingers to be direct, get to the byline, put across in the box. That's what he's expecting his wingers. And that's for me, that's what a bad a bad will do that, not a problem. He'll do that all day, every day. Forrest, if if he, like you say, if he's gonna play and Angestina, it might be that he has to adapt his game slightly and rather than be the player who, you know, wants to come in, link up, get shots away, you know, create goals, he might have to think, Well, you know what? Because he has got he has got pace, he has got it in his, that's his it, like, Forrest on his day. Could be one of the fastest players in Scotland. Harry. Oh yeah, it's predictable what he does. Yeah, he's always looking to come. No matter which side he's playing on, he always looks to come inside. And see what you're saying, Barry. I think Ange would rather people that the fullback Disney know what they're going to do. Yeah, one thing Mark I did because like that's what Abada does. You know, you could see he can he can easily knock it by you and whip across in the box, or he's coming inside and getting a shot away. As soon as the ball goes to Forrest, whatever side he's on, you know he's cutting inside. Yeah, one thing I noticed too is right is that the the play, the, the attackers who aren't signed um, Kyogo and uh, out of that, that they can use any force and they can play any. Forrest really only has one force, but these lads are comfortable on any force. Like so, like, they can play any side. Like you know what I mean? But just any any of the three positions up front. We were saying that, Mark. We were saying that like that. I'll pull them on into the game like they. Oh, yeah, I, I'm marking. Oh, they just uh, from the start. Oh, they then might start on the other side. Like, do you know what I mean? It gives us different options that these fans can play in different positions. Like, which for me is, is something great that we have so versatile um, strike force uh, for, for this season. Because you know? I think Abada can play through the middle as well. Yeah. I think he's done that when he was in Israel, you know, so it's great to switch hands up if you need to. And the forwards yeah, percent as well, you can, yeah. The same with um, the Kyrgyz, he, he's actually comfortable on any position across the, the forward line. Do you know what I mean? Like, like these are players like that. Like, if, if Edward was on his game, if he thought up, like, these players gave him 20, 30 goals a season, 40 goals yeah. a season, no problem, like, didn't they? You know? Well, they got 20-odd goals last season, so yeah, that's right. not, no, I know what you're saying, he would be thriving off of it. Thriving on it, yeah, exactly. The kind of services guys will provide. Let's talk about, you know. So, somebody else will thrive off them. Yeah. The, the thing about it. Let's talk about uh, our Japanese lad, Fugohashi. I, I know it's only his first game, but... He looks like he he'd run all day if you're married. Like he won't, and that comes from all kind of 
Japanese or Asian players, like they will run all day and they don't seem to tire. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you know what? Yeah, I mean, he certainly looks that style. You know, he looks like a very, you know, intelligent, clever player. He looks very comfortable on the ball. But, you know, what probably most impressed me about him today was his movement up front. Yeah. He, he, he never stood still. No. Was quite, I, I look at his goal, you know, he drifts in between the two centre halves. He, he gets a, it's a great first touch and a beautiful little dink over the keeper. But like I say, you know, his goal apart, his actual movement, his willingness to work, you know, his will, like I say, Defenders, like what Edward's been doing, defenders will lap it up all day if you're just going to stand in one position. Yeah. You're not really going to move fast or, you know, going behind. He had about everything to do. He was willing to run in behind defenders. He was dropping into space. He was dropping into the middle of them. He was coming short and taking touches. He was chasing them. Yeah, he was willing to chase, try. And he, he, did, he did something a wee bit similar at Hearts a couple of times. I think, granted, he maybe gave the ball away, but... He wasn't prepared just to think, oh, well, you know, a midfielder will bail me out. He went back and chased it. But again, you know, another, like we say, he's only he's not even been in the country a week. This is only his first competitive start for the country. I saw a guy who has no English because he used the interpreter in the interviews, Mark, like, there seems to be no kind of problem with communication there with him between the players, you know what I mean? You know, he seems to be well able to know what the players want him to do and stuff like that as well like you know I know, I know it's a bit of a cliche but f- football it's, a, it's like a universal exactly into a, exactly yeah if you, see if you're a good football player you can drop into any team and have a de- put in a decent performance you know, you know what I mean it's that kind of thing but I thought I, that's just what you just, just hit there Mac. like if you're a decent footballer you should be able to fit into any team like, and, and that just shows what we've signed in the last couple of days between Abida and uh, and and uh, Kyle Gold, like that we signed decent players who actually don't need two three weeks to settle into the team. Like you know what I mean? You know? I spot on, Paul. We've said it before than that. We need, mm-hmm. but at the stage, well, we spoke about it on on it. Not long time. Yeah. The thing about like the backroom staff and that. Even Ange came down, came out and said he wasn't interested in all that. Then we'll de- deal with that with the windows closed. Said it other week. Celtic's got to concentrate with stuff that's getting owned the park, you know. No, I mean, exactly. The first, the first team that's Celtic's priority, and that's what Ange seems to be pushing on me, sir. Like there seems to be, there seems to be no problem at, at, at the moment of what we see today. Like that, that there's goals in the squad. Like but the main concern again, is, like till it gets sorted, mostly it's, it's just the def- yeah, it's just the defence. Oh, my mic cut off there. Uh, no. What was it we were talking about there? Uh, kind of that we've signed all these decent players and like our, our front line seems to be settling in fine. It's just on the other half we really, that is the next part of Ange's project and once you get that mark as Barry said, like we should be seeing all systems go by Ange. There's no excuses then why we can't see the Celtic playing the way Ange plays, you know? No, I said earlier, once he gets gets the players in that he wants, we we've said that we need defend, we need defenders. We know we're chasing defenders, we're trying to send defenders. So just wait till this window shut, see what the squad's like. And even the players that are there, they know, they'll still be getting better and we're used to working with Ange as a week's mm-hmm. And you can see that, can't you? That the players are actually getting better, yeah. That's what I was going to say there when my mic cut off, Paul. I said that before, we need to send some players that are just going to hit the ground running. Yeah, exactly. We've done that. Joe Hart, McCarthy, even, even with Kyogo and... Uh, I didn't expect him to even 
of the influence I've had in the games I've played. Mm-hmm. Put, for me, they've put the ground running. We know Joe Hart and I guess afterwards of experience, they'll hit the ground running. And that's what Celtic needs to know. Just going by, we, we can presume now that, that Joe Hart is, is going to be the number one. Uh, Ross Doohan is going down to Tramere on the season, Lord. Do. I don't know what the situation with Hazard is at the moment. Like he wasn't on the bench game. I know Dundee were looking at him again, weren't they? That they were kind of wanting him. Do Celtic maybe, do we, do, do we sell by either Bain or Barkas now or what, do you think? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see one of them leaving the club. I don't know if it'll be permanently or on loan, but I think when you've, like I say, there's no <laughs> absolutely no doubt that Joe Hart's going to be the number one. Yeah. Um, which leaves you with uh, Bain, Barkas and Hazard. That is too many keepers to have a club. Yeah. And like we were touching on earlier, if there's guys, you know, who aren't going to play, and I don't, like, for me, maybe Scott Bain, he, he was quite happy to come in as a sort of number two to, originally, I think it was Gordon, then Foster. Um, yeah. It might, yeah, it might be that he's happy to, to, to play second fiddle to Hart and Barca. I know there's been talk of Barca's going out on loan, going back to Greece, etc. But I think I don't think you'll see all four keepers still at the club by the end of the window. I think you'll see at least one of them away in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that, Mark? Yeah, oh, I think the ideal scenario for everybody would be Barca's. Mm-hmm. Mikey about this earlier as well. Barca's going out on loan, back to Greece with an option to buy. And trying to use Bain as some kind of make weight to get that Seagrass thing. Mm-hmm. For me, I mean, again, it's just common sense whether Celtics even looking at Seagrass, you don't know. But I don't, I, I wouldn't be comfortable with Barkas coming out and loan Bain being, I wouldn't be comfortable with any of these two being my backup. Because, I mean, Joe, no, no. It, 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 players can get injured. Just yeah, exactly. Mean exactly. We're back to square one then, Mark, again. Yeah. I mean, you know, would Seagrass be happy to be second choice to Joe Hart? That's, that's be, for me, that's what it comes down to. Well, maybe yeah. the bonus I've said is, what, 800,000 800, pounds? I'd say to Mike, I'd give him Scott being and the 800,000 pounds to get that Seagrass yeah. done. Yeah. And I, th- I think, as we see the Seagrass as well, you're making that leap to a, a, you know, a really big club, a club going to be competing for honours and, you know, to potentially... <laughs> Reignite an international, yeah. So, so for me, you know, I like we did it before, like with Lucas Zaluska. Zaluska was the United's number one, and he came in to play second fiddle because you know he was making that bigger leap. I'd see no reason why Seagrass. I heard Charlie McGrew was speaking of commentary and said how yeah. impressed he's been in the short time he's been there. So there's no doubt he's a good and yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, ideal scenario. Can I just say, how the hell does Charlie McGrew get commentating jobs and I don't? <laughs> You, you put me. yourself down, Mark. You put yourself down with that voice. It was the way you was talking, the stuff he was coming out with. That. I was like, oh, how come I can't get a job doing that? Jeez, imagine me commentating every day be wrong. He started speaking about the wee boy stealing the ball, didn't he? Aye, the ball went in the stand. He said, that, that wee man will be away. Well, <laughs> He's off. He's off. He's off. something about painting, decorating or something as well. And I'm like, what about here? Uh, I just want to touch on um, something there that, 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 that's happening all the week, Barry. Myself and Max Boring about numbers of times. It's about this protest about the board on, on, on Sunday before the, the Dundee game. Like, now's not really the time, really, for 
protest against the board when, when we have a new manager and new players trying to settle into the club. Like They should really wait the transfer in the, over and see then if Andrew's back fully by the board, shouldn't they? You know what? I don't know if you guys know my feelings on the board. I don't know if yeah. you mentioned that once or twice. <laughs> um, but you know what? You know what? The board, they're, they're not daft, right? No. Because, you know, the fans are up in arms for a number of reasons. And there's another one today. You know, I, I don't know if you guys spoke about it, uh, but there's the season ticket holders having to pay £19 for the game, for yeah, yeah. the European game next week. And some guys who, who have not even had one ticket in the ballot. So, there's a, what what the board do to take a wee bit of heat off them is they go and produce two quality signings and that's what they've done this week. Yeah. You know, the, so the, they've taken a wee bit of the heat off themselves. For me, it, it's way deeper than you know the, the back in the Ange and you know the 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 time it's taken to get deals over the line, except that you know you just look at the whole sort of infrastructure of the club and I'm, I'm not really wanting to go too deep into it, but what are in a mess uh, in terms of Maybe that's a strong statement. What I mean is, you look at the club as it stands at the minute. You know, no director of football. Uh, you know, the head of recruitment, etc., uh, is not where it needs to be. However, Ange kind of maybe touched on it earlier. Yes, exactly. Yesterday, he says, "Listen," he says, "We are going sort of hell for leather to get the playing squad sorted. Once the transfer windows closed, that's when I'll be looking at things like backroom staff, sports science." And you know, director of football. So it seems to be the player recruitment is, 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 is number ahead. one, uh, which it should be as well at the moment. Yeah. You know, there's so many things that the, the, the fans are disillusioned with. You know, uh, the engagement with the fans, the discontent that they feel. I I, I must admit, I, I do think they have a point. What to do about it? I mean, talk about storming doors and that. You just can't do that. That's just no. not the answer. Storm in the front door. You can't. You can't be so stupid as to do. Especially when like there's that. new lads trying to settle into the club, bar. Like there's a time and place. That's, like you know what I mean. That's not the way to go about it. You know. Uh, I mean, I I've made my feelings clear uh, in a previous podcast. The way, and it's something that for me will never happen. Is the way you, you force boards into making decisions, as in things like resignations and so that. It's by cutting them off at the airway, which is the money. And that's by yeah. not renewing tickets, that's by not buying merchandise. That'll never happen at a club like Celtic. Like, no. The fan base are far too loyal to allow for some of that. And for me, the boards play on that. They know that. They know. They, they were very well aware that even though it was the one of the worst recorded seasons in the last 25 years, 30 years, that, you know, finishing 25 points behind the Rangers, the board still knew that they would sell out their season ticket allocation because that's what the Celtic fans do. The Celtic fans are loyal. Yeah, and there was no, there was no way that, that they were not going to renew our tickets. But, but Barry, we've got a new manager that's been here for a month, a new CEO that's been here just for a month. We've spent what fifteen million pound in players, putting guys like Joe Hart, guys like McCarthy, Kyoko, Abed, as we've been impressed with. What is the protest about? That's my question. I just, I, nobody can actually explain to me what these this protest is. Is, is. is it not? Is it not a combination, Mark? Is it not a combination of everything that's happened since sort of almost a year ago? I thought. I mean, again, I, I've never looked too far. But, I've never looked too far into it, to be honest. But, 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 but why bring up stuff that's happened a year ago when the Cubs? They want to be Peter Lowe. He's away. He's away. They want to sign them. They want a new manager. And we all looked at 
Celtic fans agree that uh, Big a, a better answer to Eddie Howe would have been once we looked at uh, what he'd been in football now. I just don't get what what's so testing before the game of the season. I mean, I think, you know, with, with regards to, to signings, Mark, and, and you know what, I need to hold my hands up and be honest. I, for me, they didn't come nearly quick enough. But, you no. know, for me, I, I understand that it's no easy because of COVID and that to get deals with the line, but, you know, for, you only had to look at the back four that finished against Michelin mm-hmm. a, a week or two ago. You had uh, Ralston, Montgomery, Murray and Welsh. That's, that's no good enough for me. They should have been better prepared. Except that, I totally agree. But why? I mean, really, as I said, wait till the windy's shut and see what... Which, how far the, how better the squad is I just don't understand yeah you know what I, I, I know I know what you're saying Mark in terms of waiting till the, the windows close however and I don't want to tempt fate here a hypothetical situation by the time the windows close we could we could have been out of Europe altogether and we could be sitting 9 points 12 points exactly. exactly you know what I mean that, that's so I understand in terms of you've got to wait until the window close to see your squad going forward but it could be you can't go and protest if, what, if this happens in the next three weeks and we end up so much. I was reading uh, a report there. That's what I'm trying to say, Barry. I don't understand what they're actually... What, we've got ready... Well, we've got ready Lenin. We're buying players. We've spent £15 million. The young players we've brought in that we've never heard they have impressed us. We're talking about what McCarthy and Joe Hart will bring to the team. We know they're going to see new defenders. So why bring up stuff that happened a year ago? Why stand out there and protest before our first home game of the season and protest over something that happened a year ago? What Peter Lowell done or what Neil Lennon done or what didn't they do? I was reading an interesting report that uh, a, new, a new CEO of a company uh, can't make changes at boardroom level until he's officially 100 days in the job. So maybe after 100 days, I think the next move out of the club, I think, is, is the Bankers going to be gone? I really think. But if Banker wants to start a protest outside the stadium? Well, because no one can explain to me what his role really is is in the club. Do you know what I mean? Barry, would you know what kind of role a chairman does within a football club? Because I certainly don't. You know? Uh, you know something... To be honest with you, I would I wouldn't really know. To be honest with you, Paul, it's not something that I've ever really taken a keen uh, sort of interest in in terms of the chair. I mean, it's, is it Ian Bankier that's the chairman? Is it? Yeah, I think he's. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be next on on the line to, to maybe step away. I think. You know, I. Uh, well, I mean, you know, for, for, again, without having. I wish this was something Celtic fans could just stop talking about. Exactly, and just concentrate on what we're doing on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, as it's always stuff to do with the boardroom and all this, and they're no doing this right, and they're no doing that. I, I, right, honestly, apart from the time scale, the time scales of what's went on, I don't actually see what, what they've done wrong. I really don't. The only thing the only thing I'll say that Celtic's done wrong, and again, I'm just doing what everybody else has done hard on in the past, is no having a, a long-term future, uh, a long-term, no future, vision. Do you know what, the bad planning, 
how so many players were out of contract, how so many players want to leave. Maybe we might see that change on the end, just you know, give it time, like, see, see what I just got to do in, in January or something like that. Like, you know. I mean, this is a new regime, it's a new manager, yeah. it's a new CEO, so let's see what they can do. It's only been in a month. People, people are expecting changes to happen overnight. It was never, it's, this is a massive, massive rebuild. Big changes weren't going to happen overnight. And Ange is quite right. Concentrate and get a team on the park while the window's there to do that. Because it's a short window for the size of rebuild. He's, he's, he's spokeable. Was it yesterday? Was it, yeah, it wasn't a shot we started looking at, the kids, at, the, at the board. Like, kids, kids only can't make out what they're saying and things like that. Like, I can, go, I can understand, like, why, why people are unhappy with the board but fair enough like Peter Lord has gone now and Neil Lennon has gone we got them to like there's still a few clonies I think there as well Barry who need to go on that board because uh, I read out the list there the last time there's lads on that board there since 2001 do you know what I mean and I can't see uh, Celtic progressing when we have such an old more people on, on the board like a lot of these fellas are into their 60s do you know what I mean? They should be stepping away to younger people to come in uh, and, and move the club for because I think that's what we need. We need a young vision like like Dom. Uh, I, I I would agree. Well, I must be, I would agree. And I, I, listen, I've never had done in my, my my thoughts on the board. I, I just I've always said, you know, and that's not just on the podcast. You know, I I don't think we'll move forward as a club under the current regime. Yeah, Desmond and that. You know, I I just I I'm just not convinced that. You know they're overly, and you know I'll be perfectly honest. I I think they're more interested in cold hard cash than they are well, actually what happens with the football club. If I, I told you in, in 2010, uh, Ian Banker owned the directors box of an Ibrox. He owned uh, one. He owned a directors box for him and his friends. He bought it for a million pounds oh, a, a season, and and he only stopped yeah, it when he in 2000. When he came into it, it was just before he did. I, no, I read it, Mark. I read it by dead straight out. Uh, it was down on, on his company's assets. John, uh, Paul, there are plenty of companies who are Scotland that get boxes at Celtic and Rangers. There's are plenty of companies doing in England that get boxes at Man United and Man City. And just but, a hunt. No. <laughs> but it depends who you're trying to close a deal with, Paul. Exactly. Years ago, when like a kind of normal street. Buses, the old red buses we had in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Right, the drivers would the drivers would get sent, and they were either going to Ibrox or Celtic Park, and they'd a scarf for each occasion, and they just sat in front of their dri- in front of their steering wheel. Here's Buzz now saying, I I heard I heard the same that he owned it. Uh, him and his friends owned it, uh, the box and thing like so. I just think Mark, the bank here has been at the club now for for too long. I think he's there since. Past 2002, I think when he came to, along the chairman or something like that. But he he came, I think that if Don wants to put in his new ideas, that oh, but these these people, are, yeah, I do said as well, we like that these these will stop him from progressing, like won't they? Or? I don't even need to replace Banker, but just some fresh blood somewhere on the board. Yeah, yeah. Mackay's on the board now, so there's some fresh blood. You know, because I think change will come under him, and it's not going to happen. I think once we get the play staff started, we, we I think the next move I think would be the, the coaching staff, sports science. I think that would be necessary, you know. Once the once the window shuts, you'll see moves behind the scenes. That well, he was talking about that the 
sports science guy that left Yoko Shama. Yeah, he yeah. I mean, is he going to be coming in? We don't know. Just be so, dude, like, yeah, the, the sports science fellow of um, Yokohama has left in the last two weeks, and he's actually... And said himself as well, I've got ideas about how we could move forward, and Dom, Dom's got his ideas about it. And Mackay spoke about following Brentford's model. So we know that there, uh-huh. there is going to be changes as we move forward. But the most, the most important thing to know to everybody at Celtic is get a team on this park that can challenge for the league next season. Everything else can wait. Everything else will take. Yeah. So leave that and get this team in the park sorted and get this league title back. Moving on to the second leg. You expect Celtic to go to go through comfortably very, would you? But I was saying to Mark, like, I, at this moment I don't take nothing for granted with Celtic because... The way we concede goals at the moment, no, I, I, we should have enough in the tank to get this done now. Yeah, I mean, uh, barring an absolute disaster, you'd like to think we'll see we'll see it through. I mean, well, we had enough chances in the game tonight to potentially even get double yes. figures. The chances were that good, you know, like Kyogo's Turnbulls. There was chances created, you know, that you know we really could have put the tie to bed. It's still it's not in the balance. Celtic are strong, strong favourites, and I would expect them to go next Thursday. And we could actually score a good few goals. But you know, whilst you see the goals that you lose tonight, there's always that we you know nagging exactly. down that, 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 that it goes see, yeah. the time. Yeah, I mean, the, I guess the good thing they get the first goal next week, but like. Your knobs do actually will click in, like won't well, they? That's it. Or, or even you know, even if it stays nil nil, Paul, you know, up to mm. 60, 65, 70 minutes, and then they go and get a goal. There's no doubt that sort of negative vibe sets in, not just in the crowd but in the players' minds. But listen, let's try and think positively. I'd like to think we'll certainly have enough to get through exactly. uh, this tie. They, sh- they showed enough today. You pump him next week, uh, so especially I, I, when I, I believe that we'll have a full house as well next week, won't we? Can you ask them, what did the message you today, the score? Aye, 4-0. 4-0. Uh, you, you, you got the amount of goals right. <laughs> yeah, but they were really poor. I thought they'd have been better than that. We spoke about... I did as well. I did as well, man. I thought, I thought they'd be better. And you know what, like I say, like, I didn't know a great deal about them. I need to hold my hands up in there. But when you think they're third in the Czech League, they weren't too far behind one of the Prague teams. You're thinking, they must be handy, but they're really... They were, I'll tell you what they were. They were physical and they had one or two half-decent players, but... Come man, we, we are a much better team than that. And the thing is as well, next week you might wear very well. We've got a full house, I think, next week. Yeah, so I, I'd imagine house. the fans will be in full voice and glad to be back in the stadium. I think there'll be a real buzz about the place now. I'm hopefully going to get... T- I'm going to try and take my boys through to the game. I'm going to try and get a couple of tickets. I, I think they go on general sale to the public on Tuesday. So I'm going to try and go through there. Now, I think it'll be a carnival atmosphere and I think we'll, we'll really see a good I performance next week. I think it's something that Celtic really tried on the the fans being behind, especially in Europe, uh, we really need to, because last season we saw the fair factor of coming to Celtic Park and the fans themselves need to bring that fair factor back to Celtic Park as well, Barry, don't they? Yeah, you know something, but I, you know, for one, I repeat in myself, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that Celtic suffered without having the fans behind their back. Yeah. There's no doubt in that. And like I say, Across the other side, I actually think they thrive. Benefit. The season before, they struggled under, you know, their own fans. But, you know, they lost to Hamilton at home. They really, you know, players really crumbled, really buckled under the pressure. 
and they had the freedom last year of not having any fans in the stadium. They played with a bit of freedom. We struggled for whatever reason to get to the levels that we'd been used to getting to before. So I think there's no doubt about it. Once we get the fans back in the stadium, I'll give the players a real lift. And you know, like I say, sometimes even opposition players when they play in front of a sixty thousand pound, uh, sixty thousand uh, fans, you know, sometimes they get a bit uptight and they can. And this you know, checks all when they've never played in this uh, absolutely a, a stadium like Celtic. You know, if you need to play in a big arena when there's no fans there and there's no sort of fans on your back and things like that. So no, you know, for me, getting the fans back in the stadium, getting these capacity crowds, it's only going to benefit Celtic. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Mark, is there anything? You would do through it, Ange, for the for, for next week's game, or would you be more more or less the same, or would you like him to tighten up a bit more, or something like that? Start with Welsh against Dundee. I start with Welsh and Starfield against. Yeah, you see what way they go. I mean, that would be the only, but probably my only change I would make for next week is getting yeah. going out the team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think what if I think what. Because we said the same Mark, with the last game against Hearts, like we thought that that team would would, would uh, play against um, the, the team tonight. But thank God Edward has dropped. Like, but if Welch is actually playing on Sunday and if he gets dropped again for the Champions League, questions need to be asked. Like, like what's going on here? Like, why is Beaton getting ahead of Welch? Like, I mean, Beaton starts on Sunday. But that's my only criticism, really, of Ange, is, 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 is Beaton. The team, you know I mean? the team that starts on Sunday will be the team that starts next week against him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And listen, for me, so- Sunday's an important game for us. I, I oh, a lot of people are like, you know, Dundee. You know. Listen, we need to get three points on the board. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. You know, we've got two home games, I think it's Dundee and St. Byrne, before we go to Ibrox. Uh, uh, these are, you know, it's, it's a these big are two game, games. Like we, 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 like Celtic have to win. Like they, like it's fair enough. Whether in Europe tonight, good, good result for us. But at the end of the day, the bread and butter for Celtic next season is the league. And if we don't oh. get start many ways, like we don't want to be going into a gap against Rangers six points already. That could develop to nine points. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to be playing catch up early. And you know what? It's a long, long season, but. You know, for me, every single every single fixture is a big game for us. You know, we, we, we realise the task in hand. We realise it's going to be, you know, a, a difficult league this year. You know, the teams seem to be pretty competitive. So I think I think the Scottish League is going to be a really good league this year. So no matter who it is you're playing, whether it's a Dundee at home or a Ross, you know, Ross County away, they're big big games. So you know, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't think it's a cup final for his yeah, definitely, yeah. Matt. You know. I don't think we could dismiss it just because it's Dundee. I think we need to really go and put a statement down and say, right, let's get our uh, league campaign up and running. At the moment, I think a lot of the teams in Scotland are looking at Celtic going, knows knows, knows a, a better time than any to play Celtic. Do you know what I mean? To how we're struggling at the back, Barry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's the team that's brought Celtic. You know, even Dundee will be like that. If we can get in about their defence, we've got a chance. Yeah. But see as the season goes on, that will go away. Absolutely. That's what I mean. The fans, like having the fans back, Mark, like it's up to the fans as well to make uh, Celtic Park into a fortress again. Like you know what I mean? That, that, that's what it is. Because like, like the Celtic fans are intimidated to any team that's that's come to Celtic. Like you know, intimidated. Yeah, the twelve fans. Intimidated players. That's what I'm. That's what I've said for years about when you're trying to bring bring young players through. You've got to allow them a bit of leeway. Do you know 
Talking about Barry, if you made a bad pass and there's some old boy giving you dogs abuse at the side of the park, you're like, fucking old dick, isn't it? Because you've got to allow for oh, yeah. young players to make. So a, if, Definitely. If you've got 50,000, 60,000, ah, you're fucking doing that for them. It's going to have an effect on a young player. They're, they're scared to, they're scared to try something well, different. You know what, some managers have said it going to sell it, but they want to try and keep it as nil-nil as long as possible because after a certain point, the fans start to get a bit grumpy. Right. The, home, the home fans start to get a bit restless and, like you say, a wayward pass and the whole place is in uproar. You know, so that that's a lot of, a lot of tactics for away teams at Celtic Park is try and keep it tight, try and keep it the, the scoreline close for as long as possible and if you keep it to nil-nil or even nick a goal ahead the fans will start to get on their back you know what it's a tactic at any club any club with a big fan base it's exactly mm-hmm. the same if things are not going their way they tend to get a wee bit on edge a wee bit restless they tend to moan so, but like you say Matt you know, you've got to, we've got young players you've got to sort of encourage them you know if they make a bad pass God, anybody makes a mistake. Everybody makes a bad pass you know you've got to really try and get behind them and encourage them would make mistakes a bit Barry isn't it? Uh, is it something that I, I've said for years kind of holds back a lot of youth players in Celtic? The weighty expectation because the simplest wee mistake. I mean, yeah. it's even worse now if we got this in social media and things like that. Oh, definitely. Well, you know what? Going back to a point, going back to a point we made earlier. See if that does happen. For example, like a Welsh or a Murray or even a bad I still can't go over that kid's nineteen year old. If he does make a mistake, that's where your McGregor's, your McCarthy's, your hearts get in exactly. You know what I mean? Encourage and don't worry about it, wee man. You'll get it next time. Not a problem. That's where the experience comes in. And again, it's another part of helping and developing a young player, having an experienced player. I saw today, Barry, was uh, the lad Zaka, who who missed the penalty and uh, for England in in the final. And when he returned to Arsenal yesterday, the first team players had all these kind of best wishes to him up on the wall. The fans had best wishes up on the wall. That's what your experienced player do. They help these young players get over these bad days that they had, like put them to a side, don't eat, don't worry about us, not from your mistakes. That's what... Scott Brown would have been the guy who did yeah, that previously. And that's, you know, that's what that was going going to like, there. you know what I mean? Exactly. We're not just going to have one, we're going to have two. Now, it's bringing to a, a good point here, lads, and, and that point is, Zorro, is he calling into the player we thought he was, or is he still too... Too too rash or inexperienced for this role, or do we have to play McCarthy there? Well, McCarthy's moving in there straight away. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. And I mean, McCarthy will start. Well, maybe no, I'm not saying in Sunday or Sunday game or that, but he will, he'll be first. Choice. McCarthy's going to be a first choice in there next to McGregor. There's no question of that, Paul. Mm-hmm. I, doubt, doubt. I mean, so we know that he's a good player, a decent player, but he's. I mean, he's not played a, a lot of football for us, but we, no. can, we can see there's a player in there. It's just he does go back to the problem Mark, that we said well uh, just need, last week. Like uh, if he was bred into the team, if he was bred into the team very properly last season, Zorro would have been comfortable and he would have been the player we want him to be already at Celtic. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just lost you for a Yeah, no. Uh, I think it's a difficult one, sorry. Like I said, there's no doubt there's a player in there. It's just 
I, I, I agree with him. McCarthy comes straight in. I don't think there's any doubt yeah. about that. You're not going to bring in a Premier League player on a four-year contract and not play him. It could be that Sorrow benefits from, like I say, having these guys in and around I think him. So, yeah. and, like I say, when I seen the, 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 the midfield on Saturday... Sort of McGregor, Turnbull, and uh, Sorrow, uh, that just it didn't do it for me. Yeah, they, they weren't they, 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 for me. They're not physical enough. That, that that's a team that'll get overrun. Um, you know, and and he's got some elements in his game that he probably needs to cut out. Like you mentioned earlier, but he's prone to giving away fouls. And when we're as vulnerable as we are at set pieces, you can't be giving fouls. And he did kind of similar tonight. He was giving away fouls that were a wee bit unnecessary, but. I think he's one of these players that's maybe a bit rough around the edges. Maybe mm-hmm. just he's a polish that's up his game. That's what McCarthy did when he had to tidy up that, Mark, wouldn't he? Uh, look, a wee rough diamond. He's just needing a wee kind of shine around the edges and a, to learn the game a bit more. Because he's not really played that many games at all. So you've got to kind of... As you said, Paul, if he'd got more game time last season, he'd have, his progression would have been further on. Yeah. So he's kind of, he's like, for me, he's like a year, six months behind where we'd expect him to be. But there, I think there's a, I think there's a good player a good player in there, and he's just needing to learn a wee bit better how to read the game and stop being so rash with things. I, and Angel teach him that. And another thing, too, I want to touch on, and I don't want to go into the, 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 his personal life and stuff like that, so we, we keep it just for four reasons, is that the injuries already... We're seeing Lee Griffiths pick up. Like that's another concern as well. That are we not going to have a fit Lee Griffiths this season, or is he going to be picking up these injuries? Do you think? As he injured, Paul. Let's be honest. We don't know. Yeah, exactly, Mac. He's looking into stuff in his yeah. life, but you know, for, we don't know. For me, Lee Griffiths has finished at Celtic. Yeah. And you know, I mean, yeah. people are saying, "Oh, oh, from the hubs for." Party, a deal for Nisbet. They're not going to take him, Mark. I think. No, Tibbs take him. You know, there's no reason for Hibbs to. Well, we were not involved with that. Was that circus? It was really the strangest thing that Griffiths got the, the the new contract because Mark, you pointed out, Barry pointed out, Michael pointed out, he hasn't had a good season really until Ronnie Dyla, and it's one area. We're really lacking a, a real talent is a, is a striker, and that needs to be rectified as well, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, like I'll hold my hands up, you know. I, I'm big enough. Pro- I, I was always a, a, a Lee Griffiths fan. I, I really was. I, I, you know what? To a certain extent, I don't take it back because you know he was one guy for me. You could always rely on. He was all whilst he was on the park, he was always capable of getting you go. For me. Things have just gone far too far now. He's had far too many chances now. And even even the end of last season, again, I hold my hand up. I was one of the ones that said, you know what, I'm, I'm glad we gave him a year. I wouldn't understand why you'd want to, to release somebody. And this has happened again. So, no, I'll hold my hands up. I called that one wrong. In my opinion, I've gone back. I don't think he should have been offered a year. I think his career itself is over. What's happening, I don't know if there's stuff going on behind the scenes, if they're actively trying to get him out or, or whatever. I'd imagine there'll be stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. But for me, you know, two things. One, he's either injured, which for me is another massive red flag. Exactly. Or the injury is potentially a bit of a cover-up to something a bit deeper. And if, if that's the case, either way, 
for me, either, I can't see him featuring this season. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or he's yeah. just another pre-season. He's no exactly. turned up for yeah. games. He's to get, it's just another. Yeah, he's, like, yeah. What did he play? He's not been available for Champions League qualifiers. Was it, was it the last ten minutes? I think he played against West Ham, and all of a sudden he's injured. Like if, if League Rick is injured after ten ten minutes, there's big concerns there. Like do you know what I mean? Can another injured player in our squad again? You know, ridiculous. Yeah, I, 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 I don't see him in any future at Celtic. I think it would be. We, we came to some kind of deal with Encham to get him off the books. Even if we, exactly. need, even if we need to pay off Lee Griffiths to get him off the books, it would be best for everybody concerned just to yeah. cut ties him in that way. There's and, one and point. Whilst, whilst we might, no, I was just going to say, whilst we might use him as bait, I would have uh, Nisbet as his ready raised replacement if, if possible. I would definitely bring Nisbet in to, 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 to replace Lee Griffiths. I totally agree with that, definitely. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't see any why Hibs would entertain taking Lee No, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. I agree with you. Let's watch For me, that... Yeah, go on, sorry, go on. No, 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 I was just going to say... I was just going to say that for me, like Nisbet's already made replace. I, yeah. I know he divides divides opinion on the forum, Nisbet. And great, everybody's entitled to their opinion. But for me, I, I've never shied away from the fact that I really like that guy. And I just think you put him in a Celtic team, he's going to score you a bucket load of goals. And you know he works. He seems to be a, a natural fit for Ange's teams because he works his socks off. He takes some good positions. He gets goals. He's got great movement. I've, I've really studied this guy a lot. Uh, over the last season not just against Celtic anything I've watched him to see if I felt he would fit in the Celtic team well my conclusions is that for me he would and it'd be a no-brainer to go and get him yeah exactly where about Barry what kind of I mean would you take Nisbet to replace Edward not, not Edward for, for me he would replace a Griffiths right. you know so I, I'd want like a Kyogo I, I've not even got a suggestion I, I know there's been umpteen there's a guy Bupedza, you know, for, for, uh, the boy Jean-Kevin Augustine, you know, he's been linked, you know, I remember him at Leipzig, was a right good player, that's the kind of mould, I'm not saying that guy, because I think he's only played three games in two seasons, but, uh-huh. you know, these are the guys that have been linked, for me, these guys would be ready-made replacements, they're guys that... Where's Nisbet, right, Scott Nisbet going to leave Hibs, Celtic bench, to be second choice to Edward's replacement? We're talking about young players, Barry, they want to play every week. If a team in the Championship doing in England, or even, I don't know, the boatmen to Premier League, I want to say you'll be first choice for us. He's going to pick them up Celtic easily, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. But at the same time, you know, for, for me, there shouldn't be an automatic first choice. You know, who, who's to say we don't go and get a replacement for Edward and Kyogo's the number one? Or, you know, like, like I, I've always maintained, I think I said it in the forum, for me, any any sort of club that plays the amount of games itself, the European domestically, we should have four strikers in in our, in our squad. Oh, and you look across three. If you play, oh, if you only play one, you can get away with three. But you need a minimum. You, yeah, mm-hmm. for me, I would. Go, I mean, you look across the road. They, they, they've got five. <laughs> they've got uh, Morelos. They've got Roof, Etan, Sakala, and Defoe. They've got five, and they only play one up front. You know, so for me, but he, he, like like that. So if you've got Kyogo, Kyogo can play on the wing, etc. But you know, I just think for me, Nisbet's right under your nose. And you know, who's to say they won't? I mean, not not that I would. Who's to say they won't think that he can replace Edward? If the style, I totally agree with you. But I've said that before. You you need players to be like pushing. Do you know what I mean? Exactly pushing each other. Yeah, exactly. But even if it is a replacement for Edward, Nisbet would be the type of player that would push them on. But just yeah, what if, yeah. 
do you know what I mean? Would they be happy to be this weight to be actually pushed on? Do you get what I mean? I, you, oh, completely, I get what you mean. Again, you could potentially look at his background. Here's a kid that I think was, a, was he released by Partick Thistle? I think he was, he was released by Partick Thistle as a kid. He got a move to Race Rovers, scored a bucket load of Race Rovers, got a move to Dunfermline, again on the head. This is the next step in his career. So, you know, I get what you're saying, Mark, but I get when you look at this kid's career, this is another progression, another step. And, you know, for me, you've got to have a, guy, a young, confident guy like that. He's just broke into the Scotland team. He's he got a goal against the Netherlands. He should back himself. He should think, well, you know what? Maybe you know, I've replaced Edward and I'm coming in, but I reckon I'm good enough to come and take, take his place. And like you said, Mark, it's all benefits the squad. If you've got guys pushing each other on, exactly. they know that if I'm on top of my game, I'm, I'm going to be at this team here. Unlike Edward. Edward knew last year, well, it doesn't matter how I play. I'm going to play every week. If I have a stinker, if I score, if I dinner, I'm going to play every week. Whereas this competition between Kyogo, for example, or Nisbet, if he was to come, or whoever else was to come in the door, you know, because because right now, look, look at the situation we're in. We've got one striker that's no fit. We've got one that's just not doing it. And we've got one that's not interested. So whilst mm-hmm. we've got three strikers on the books, none of them are really <laughs> setting the heather light or really staking a claim for a place. But well, it remains to be seen what's going to happen. And I've said it a hundred times as well, Barry, but you've just said Celtic play enough games a season to keep young players and fringe players happy enough to get their their games. I mean, there's no reason for Cal McGregor not to be playing 50-odd games a season. No, no, I mean, absolutely not. You could say that even, even they could have mixed up the midfield last season. We've gone about Brown starting so many games, but Cal Mack shouldn't have started so many games either. No. When you're, no, definitely not. Definitely not. I don't mean any slagging to young uh, wee teams like your Kilmarnock, who Aki's are relegated, but you play young players against them. You don't, they, they're, they're going on about, like, McCarthy, maybe they're all going about his injury prone. So you're not going to maybe play McCarthy against Kilmarnock if you've got a, a European game or an all third derby game on the horizon, you know what I mean? Use your squad, you don't need to rely on so many players, and that's how the younger players are going to get better. And they need to play, Mark, like you say. They need to play. That's the whole reason of having a squad. Is you've got to utilise it. Because look like that, say McGregor. McGregor's played a ridiculous... I think you you rattled off tonight, didn't you? It's something like an average of 50-odd games a season he's played for for the last however many seasons. Charlie, you know, that, that can't be... Charlie, yeah. you see, you're no, that's, you're no hearing that anywhere else in the world. And you know what? You wonder what effect that'll have on him as he gets older. You know, he might... That, that, that might potentially hamper him as he gets older. But, I mean, McGregor's a fit guy, you know. He strikes me as a type of player that wouldn't want to miss out on games. But sometimes that's where you need a strong manager to say, well, listen, you know, we've got a lot of games coming up, a lot of important games. You know, you're going to sit this one out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, well, it remains to be seen what's going to happen. But let's look forward to it. Mark, another thing I noticed as well is that and seem to be very slow in, in, in bringing in subs as well. You know, do you think that he that is that going to continue? Or will we see? Because Torrance was really kind of struggling today. Do you know what I mean? But we really don't have players like to come on and make a difference at the moment. Is that right? Do we? See, really, Paul. Mm-hmm. When does it? Say, everybody goes on about making a change at half time. I see unless somebody's having a stinker. When mm-hmm. does it take anybody off at half time? Not really, no, to be honest, yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking, uh, the first substitution will get maybe 10 minutes after half-time. Mm-hmm. Talking 55, 
60 minutes usually. That, I mean, that, for me, that's normal. I don't think there's anything weird about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's well, like, I'm only putting it on as well, because like, the lads were saying on the, the live chat as well, like, uh, he's very late uh, with, with things like so. Is that is that is that kind of the norm, like 65 minutes? I think it's the norm. Mm-hmm. Unless, Barry, unless you're in a pure stinker of a game and you're getting pulled off at half time, you're asking questions, aren't you? A oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, absolutely. I mean, I've never really looked too much in this, so I, I don't know. People seem to get caught up in substitution. Same, Barry, to me. Like. <laughs> You know, I just don't really understand. Listen, I understand. See, if you're two nothing down or you're three nothing down, and you you really need to throw a bit of caution to the wind, yeah, absolutely. But people get caught up on the minutes of substitution. Oh, he didn't bring him on until the the seventy third minute. I don't know what the what the manager do his job. That's what he gets paid to do. You know, you can have an opinion about it, but I never really understood people that get so caught up. Oh, he's taking too long to make substitution. I've never really got that. You know, I've never learned I, 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 most people compare Because it's the same to me. You see it on the live chat tonight, though. Yeah. You see it on the live chat, people 20 minutes, or why I get turned below. You've got to do that. Their name manager. Well, you know, their name manager, you know, I can remember he taking a player off after that kind of time just because they're not playing well. You give the player a chance, get to half time, give him a rocket up his ass. If it doesn't come off in the next 10 minutes, he's hooked. Was that not the kind of you Barry? Absolutely, but the thing was as well, Matt, we were winning 3-1. You know what I mean? But we're winning the game 3-1. I don't really understand why. When, that's when people are Listen, I can understand that if we're getting beat 2-0 and, and Turnbull's having a stinker and you know he maybe leaves him on till the 18th minute and people are like, well, why did he not get him off and try and change him? But we're 3-1 up in the game. I don't understand why people are saying, oh, he should be off, you know. Nah, I don't know. You know, people are entitled to their opinions, but I never, ever get caught up on how long it takes a... Even Lennon, I never really got, got uh, caught up on the fact that he never made a substitution or, or whatever it may be. You know, the players are on the pitch. They've got a job to do. The manager will decide if and when they come off and who comes on for them. But like I say, each into their own, I guess. No, but that comes to me, it's your own like, Twitter and things like that. So if so many people on Twitter say the same thing, it becomes like an opinion. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? So many people moaned about no putting substitutions on so everybody just kind of caught and don't they? That, that was something that was wrong. But show me a manager that's going to change substitutions to, like half an hour into a game to change to like change tactics and things like that. Very, very rarely that happens. You know what, Mark? It's, it's like a supporter thing, isn't it? You know, it's, it's like a supporter's debate. You know, uh, he's sitting at a game, even if you're at the match, you know, or oh, he's having a stinker, he better not come out for the start of the second half, they need to get so-and-so on. Everybody's a manager sitting in the stands giving their opinion. That tends to be what it's like. If somebody's not playing well, the very simple thing, well, he, he should be off. He's not getting a chance to, to redeem himself. That tends to be what it is, isn't it? Uh, every, every Celtic player will be judged on their last pass. That's, I've said that for years now. <laughs> That's just mm. the last touch of the ball. Do you know what I mean? Get him off. That touch was terrible. And off it was. Yeah. <laughs> and I just. I, 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 social media kind of feeds it. Yeah. And he, I, th- I think it's, you know, the sort of fans have changed, haven't they? You know, possibly ever be part of it. You know, kind of gone are the days whereby a player makes a mistake or, you know, w- you know when someone used to lose a goal, especially in Europe, the place used to erupt. Get behind them. Yes, exactly. See now that that's gone. They lose a goal and it's grumbling and moaning and you know it seems to be we've kind of evolved into 
a different brand of supporter now. But that's sort of dog to uh, Barry. They didn't witness the, the, these new Celtic supporters. I couldn't call them new, like, but this, this, this new generation of, of Celtic supporters, we said that they only witnessed Celtic doing the nine in the, nine in the row, maybe the Codrupal Trebles. They weren't there in the 90s before Martin Neal came in. Rangers were doing the nine in the row themselves before Vim Janssen came in and stopped it. Do you know what I mean? They, they haven't seen Celtic as... Yeah, uh, after teams, you know what I mean? If you were nine year old when Celtic started winning leagues and that, you're 19 now. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? You're a young, do you know what everybody's like when you're young? Do you know what I mean? 19. You, you just can't be seeing success, Mark, did you? That's yeah. what you yeah. then all of a sudden you're 19, you've got a bit, a, a bit of an opinion, or you'll out with your mates, a few babies and things like that, and all of a sudden Celtic's still winning. You're like, what's going on here? There's something that mm-hmm. young, young lads are yeah. the which you, you cannot you can understand. Do you get what I mean? But it's like the old times. I don't, don't, they don't know how to deal with not being successful. That's what it is. You don't know how to deal with it. It's a bit, to me, it's a bit Rangers. It's a bit the way Rangers fans are. They always, just, they were that used to it. See, like the older, see, like. Yes, exactly. Our generation of the Rangers fans feel like. Yeah. The, like the younger generation of Celtic fans feel the new. They were that used to being successful when they weren't. It was the, it did they compute? And now these young Celtic fans have grown up wasting, on, no wasting success, but seen so much success, nine in a row, quadruple trebles, and then all of a sudden yeah. we won nothing with the clubs in the state that's in. So you can see why all these young men are a bit angry about it. I still don't agree with the protests and that, but we'll not get into that again. But it can, for me, that's what it comes down to. That's, that's what they've been They haven't witnessed, Mark, yeah, exactly. That, that, they, they haven't witnessed. The bad times in their lifetime for them, Celtic, like, and like they have to take the good with the bad. Like, and if you're Celtic, you follow Celtic true and true. Do you know what I mean? You know, you follow the club good and you follow the club when it's bad. But as you said, and, and Mark said as well, like Celtic aren't going to be pleasing everyone. Do you know what I mean? You know, there's always going to be a minority there, no matter how good Celtic are, they'll still find a flaw within the club. Do you know? Do you know? That just that just sums up some Celtic supporters, really, doesn't it? You know, anyone? No, oh, I, I don't even start me on that after. Yeah, let's be good. I mean, Paul, we see it on the forum every. Yeah, exactly. That 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 that's a nutshell. Like yeah, negative. You know? it, no matter what happens, it's negative. We seen James McCarthy. Oh, if he can stay fit. We seen Joe Hart. Oh, he's had to play that game for two years. I mean, Joe Hart seen <laughs> Burnley because Tom Heaton and Nick Pope were injured. He played games for Burnley. He seen for Hib for Hibs. He seen for Spurs as uh, Hugo Lloris's backup. That's why he knew what he was doing. He wasn't playing. It doesn't matter how many games he was playing. He's still been training at the top level with a top club for a for a year. Exactly. <laughs> he's playing every week. Doesn't mean he's not been kicking up. We yeah. see Craig Gordon. They hadn't kicked a ball in three years. He was yeah. tired because his knees were jiggered, and we seen Tim and folk are moaning because they're saying Joe Hart. Exactly. Ran over. Power of the people. Perfect. <laughs> That's it for tonight's show, lads. Uh, thanks to Barry, as always, who who joins us. Um, we'll be live again on on Sunday night. Doing the the pre match after Celtic versus Dundee, we we do the build up again for Celtic's uh, Europe League second night qualifier. Uh, myself, 
thanks to you in the live chat. Thanks to Barry again for coming on. Uh, Barry, do you want to say anything before we go? No, it's just been good to be back. It's been a wee while. I've been listening to all of them. Obviously, I've had a bit of work commitments recently, but I've listened to other podcasts. It's been good to get back on and speak to you guys again. And the pronunciation hasn't got better, Barry. Well, just say you know, <laughs> no, you know what? I, I must admit, I laugh every time we're linked with some foreigner from Croatia, <laughs> from Japan, because I think Paul must be quaking in his boots having to pronounce this guy. Don't that to you, Mark. Don't you know what, that to you. Like, how am I going to pronounce that? Credit where credit's due. You were going for Furuhashi instead of the easier Kyogo. So if you touch off to you, Paul, you took the, the tougher option. I would have went with Kyogo if I was you. <laughs> to my wife, Ella. Who's that wee guy? She said, I'm like, Kyogo. <laughs> that's that's just as far as I'll go. <laughs> yeah, but fair play, you gave it a bash. <laughs> well, Mark, do you want to close the show, buddy? Uh, thanks again, Paul, for everything. Thanks very much, Barry, for coming on. Everybody enjoyed this, uh, that joined us in the live chat. At least we're celebrating a win eventually on the range. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, please do it and remember to smash the like button. Hail, hail. God bless. Good night, lads. 